Hey everyone, welcome to the UFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me per usual are my senior editor, Jude Seymour, and that chief inspector, the uh, the sensei, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, have, have you guys decided to switch conferences yet? <laughs> Uh, I, what are you guys' grant of rights up at one foot down? Uh, <laughs> my grant of rights should have expired. You should have kicked me out a long time ago. But uh, I, oh, look, wait, look, let me check here. Bylines, Jude Seymour. <laughs> oh, look, looks like he turned, turned that in already. <laughs> Josh, you don't you don't need to worry about me um, because much like the NWO, I am for life, brother. <laughs> We we might be going down with a burden ship, but that's all right. Uh, we'll just we'll just label ourselves Baylor or <laughs> or Kansas. I feel like oh, Kansas. Man, like, what are they called? They're called the irate eight, right? Is well, that is that what they're calling them now? The I irate like eight. Kansas and Iowa State have more outs than say uh, Texas Tech, though, right? Yeah, because they're AAU yeah. members. Yes, right. Yes, so they're the only AAU members, so they they have the cachet to go to any conference they want, simply out of the academics. Well, we will uh, get we will definitely get into the conference talk coming up. So we're going to save all our juicy bits because it is a as it's too sloppy. That's too sloppy of a mess to step into uh, right off the jump. We got to put the tarps down, man. Yeah, just yeah, a lot of painting. You got to get those tarps down. Let's get that let's get that runway warmed up first. What do you say, fellas? Uh, the best way to do that is talk about ourselves. How about that? Let's pat ourselves on the back for a minute. Uh, that's always a good way to start these things. And of course, I'm talking about reviews. Uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating. Please leave a review. Uh, Brennan, what kind of what kind of rating are we looking for over there? I believe we're looking for Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa earned five star reviews. Exactly. Earned. Earned. Because we earned it. You uh, want so your hand on over. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with the handouts. Head on over there, do that. Uh, and whatever review that you leave, uh, I will read on the next OFT podcast. Uh, fellas, I got two of them tonight. So let's jump into it. First one here, five stars from Father and Daughter Domer. My personal favorite. You guys make my week. Every time a new three-hour podcast is released, I, along with my three brothers, are ND graduates from the late 80s and early 90s and have celebrated the successes and endured the oh-so-very lows together. And your podcast feels like a group of friends welcoming anyone who listens along their journey of fandom with a balance of information, humor, and random topics that I appreciate. Our oldest daughter also graduated from ND and married a fellow ND band member, and we have three grandsons who will grow up just like her learning to sing the fight song at two years old. Having grown up in the Detroit area, I can really relate to your Red Wings and Tigers takes as well. Go Tigers. Uh, and you guys rightly have a strong opinions about pizza. I'll just lay it out there that having lived in Pennsylvania and now North Carolina since graduating, Detroit style and namely Buddy's Pizza yes. will always be number one for me. Yes. Lastly, I just have to throw it out there that when Josh references that people have used the, the nickname hoo for him, I can't help but think that you should be playing – the Al Pacino hoo soundbite from Son of a Woman as a sort of a trademark. Keep up the great work and go Irish. <laughs> I, 
I, just, I knew you were going to like that buddy's. Uh, oh, it's the best, man. I mean, for the record, it's Uwa, not Hua. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, and for the record, uh, I wouldn't call it a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is, is it still the uh, signature line in your, uh, in the comment section of your responses? Yeah. Only my, yeah, yeah. Only my special friends. Uh, <laughs> uh, shoot. Well, thank you so much for that, man. That's a, yes, that's a, thank you. a lot. It's a lot of family there. And I'll t- I got to tell you, for as much as we uh, don't like go blow hard on the late 80s and early 90s on this particular podcast, that's good to hear that those guys are listening. <laughs> I, I, I constantly wonder about the, uh, the demographics of this, of this show, just considering, you know, our age, uh, my immaturity, and, <laughs> and, the, and the different things that we talk about. So that, that, that's good to know. Uh, let's see here. Next one here. Five stars from <laughs> Ronnie Swanson. Josh Lug looks like flat top from Necessary Roughness. Love the show. Home Run in Pizza is not only the best, it's a scientific wonder. How do they freeze it? Like, I don't know, but I like it. Keep it up, boys. Fantastic. Spreading that home run love. Look, we got... Home run in and buddies all in like just a couple of minutes. The equal opportunity pizza of podcasts. (laughs) It's what it sounds like is some whack ass creation from little Caesars though. You know, (laughs) pepperoni stuffed crust or whatever they're, whatever they're trying to hawk these days. uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's evil. You know, when we were talking about jets, uh, you know, closing in Fort Wayne on the, on the, the one that's by me. I, I, for some reason, I had just noticed that just across the street, now jet, they had closed. So there's no longer a Jets in Fort Wayne at all, but they had closed. And just across the street, Little Caesars. Uh, it's like, uh, really? Is this what we're doing now? That's rude. Technically, technically, that is Detroit pizza as well. Technically, it is. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, it, it paid for a lot of uh, played for a lot of wins, right? Yeah, it bought a couple of st- at least three Stanley Cups. Three Stanley Cups. Uh, so close uh, to a World Series. Two did, World Series appearances. Did, did Dave yeah. Brandon try to run that one into the ground too, or no? Uh, no, that was the other Detroit no. style. Uh, that yeah. was Dominic. Yeah, no, 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 awesome, no. Right? no, Dave Dave Brandon wouldn't be fucking allowed near uh mike illich's company at least while mike was alive it's, i mean it's it's amazing it's amazing what's that we're the, the i mean who knows winning at all right now who knows maybe i mean the fact that they allow al avila to make player personnel decisions means that maybe they would allow Tate brandon uh, <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> now that mike now that mike's gone who knows what the hell is gonna happen i mean you, you, if you have a pro sports team that you love, you just want the old man who's willing to open up the checkbook for anything. That's all you want. That's all you can ask for. He doesn't have to be smart. He just has to be willing to open up the checkbook and like listen to other Stay people. Stay out of smart. the way. Yeah, you got to open up the checkbook. Don't be Jerry Jones. Don't be both rich and yeah. 
Intrusive. Yeah, don't be Al. Don't be Al Davis. Yeah, don't be Al Davis. But see, the problem with Davis and Jones was that you know they had success doing it that way early. They had right, success I early. Mean, right, which burned them for many years after that. I mean, Jerry Jones is still still getting that hit. So yeah, be a oh, man, Illich. You're so close, baseball buddy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Alavila. <laughs> no, he's awful. I mean, who's, but whose decision was it to uh, to cut Verlander loose early? Uh, it was Alavila, but he also he did like a half rebuild where he didn't trade Fulmer and uh, right. He was he was offered a king's ransom. He's as bad it's as just nice. Al Davis's son, Mark Davis's haircut. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Because that, that's pretty, what was, that's pretty Mark, awful. Did you see Mark Davis release a, a statement the other day where he capitalized the first letter of every word in the statement? Like, that is some serial killer shit right there. Like, that is just not – that's not normal. You know what? No, that's well, why when they moved to Vegas. He's closer to the desert. He could put bodies there a lot easier. You have to convince me that they don't put a large cereal bowl on his head and, and cut his hair. <laughs> I mean, he looks like something out of the English Premier League. Like, he looks like he belongs as an eccentric part of uh, Premier Soccer. I, I'm not I'm not putting down them. I'm just saying that that looks – maybe it's because of old Boris over there. I don't know. But it looks like he belongs in the Premier League and not the NFL. No, he doesn't. Uh, I mean, his dad was, also says – the track suits and basically look like he was one foot in the grave, one foot on a banana peel for the right, last like 20 years. years of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the haircut screams. I've had money my whole life. Fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I can only imagine. I, I'm trying to imagine what I would look like if I had had millions and millions of dollars uh, backing me for uh, the 40 years of my life. And I wouldn't look like this, but I tell you what, I don't know if I'd look any better. <laughs> uh, so I, I got a, I got a story to share with you guys. It's, it's kind of my, my sailor serial killer vibe, I think. So I had the pleasure of, um, uh, being a host for, uh, for one day of two Notre Dame, current Notre Dame students and one St. Mary student. So, uh, shout out to Audrey, Zoe and Yvette, um, who definitely do not listen to this podcast. Um, but they you didn't uh, sell it to them. <laughs> I did not sell you it didn't to them. Grab, you didn't grab their phones and like just at, download it real quick. At, what, at one point in the conversation, one of them mentioned uh, that their first game was the coldest Notre Dame game <laughs> ever. <laughs> and of course, I immediately, you know, the answer out, to that. I immediately blurred out 2013 BYU. And she said, no. And I said, well, you guys are too young for 1992 Navy, so 2018 Florida State. She goes, yeah, how did you know? Oh, yeah. be like, that was cold. I fucking keep a spreadsheet on temperatures and kickoff. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? This is that what normal people do? So I was just like, I don't know. I remember crazy things. I said, senior day, they wore the green jerseys. Brandon Woodbush started in place of Ian Book. She's like, wow, yeah. And she's like, and the score was like, 45 nothing and i was like i don't really well, need to get into i don't really need to get into this yeah it was 45 nothing. sure why why not 
<laughs> I, I, it was like a conversation that we had the other day where we were talking about announcers, and uh, I should have known better than to question. Yeah. yeah. The spreadsheet. Yeah, I, it, it's stuff like that. Like I, I mean, I'll physically fight Jude on some things. Those things, nope. <laughs> I just got, I, I give up. There's so many years that have blurred together as it is, anyways. That it's just like, oh, okay. So that <laughs> was off by about three years. I That's mean, not bad. Th- it was quite a sobering moment. Like, the, you know, I don't, I don't know these girls. They're they're in Syracuse to do what we call a summer service learning project, right? And and so they're hooked up with the with a community organization in Syracuse, and they're and they're basically doing um, community service for the summer. And they're getting course credit for it. So I think it's, it's super cool. But they don't have access to a car. It's so, you know, so the alumni network kind of pitches in and helps out. And they wanted to go to this arts and crafts festival, which I didn't care to go to. But, like, at the same time, like, I got a car and I'm not doing anything on a Sunday afternoon. So I'm, I'm happy to do it or whatever. But, like, they get in the car and they're like, did you did you graduate from Notre Dame? And I was like, yeah. They're like, what year? I'm like, 2002. And it dawns on me that they were probably born in 2002. <laughs> And I was like, wow. Like, you don't feel like you're out of college for that long. And then you're just sort of like, I'm in the car with somebody is that, who's going to the college that I graduated from the year they were born. Is that why you you posted the thing today about World War II? No, that was me. <laughs> no, no. That was you? Because I've been depressed ever since I saw that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, the, I the posted that because I was the only one in the DMs that uh, was born after that. I still got a year until I'm part Terry, of the uh, – yeah, Kiki was born just like shit. Five months? No, wait, four months uh, before that cutoff date. So she, so I at least got her on the same old ass side as me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always get this uh, website called you're getting old.com, but it's like you, uh, period, are getting old.com. And, um, and you can type in your birthday and get all sorts of random facts about you're closer to, you know, in my case, Neville Chamberlain saying Britain was a great piece than uh, than I am to the present day. Which Brendan, is- Phil, I was going to say, fill all the, the listeners in on what the hell we're even talking about if they haven't tuned out already. Yeah, so um, there's a fact that if your birth date is before August 16th, 1983, you were born closer to World War II than you were today. So that means on the date of your birth was closer to World War II um, than it is today. As far which as like time. Pretty, like, yeah, day, which like is time, time. passing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I always just think of World War II as being – I mean that's a seminal moment in the 20th century. And it's just like, man, I'm close – I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I still got a year. Uh, but I'm basically as close to World War II as I am you know, from my birth as I am today. Which I just uh, I just listened to uh, last podcast did an episode last week on the uh, USS Indianapolis, which was just uh, an hour and 45 minutes of just a horror show. Uh, Sharks. Yeah. You know, that was that was on the absolute, absolute tail end of the war. Like none of it mattered. Like none of that mattered. You know, talking about, you know, people in the. The salt water for three or four days, uh, pulling them out and their skin's just peeling right off because, you yeah. know, you're in fucking salt water for three four. It, it was a brutal, brutal listen. Usually you laugh my ass off listening to that show. Not a lot of laughter going on there. That was pretty. Di- I have more, you know, I had more fun listening to uh, 
the Ted Bundy series that I did, <laughs> the USS Indianapolis. Ugh. So, man, I don't know. Yeah, they, uh, I don't know if you guys heard they're rebooting uh, Wonder Years, and they're no, so, yeah, um, it's it's gonna be with a with a focus on uh, African American little kids or whatever. But basically, that, the Wonder Years was debuted in nineteen eighty nine, and I can't remember the year that they were supposed to be. It's right around Vietnam, right? So it was during but, Vietnam, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you use that t- same timeline, if it if the rebu- reboot was premiered in um, March of 2021, it would have the pilot would have taken place in 2001. And so, so it would have been. About, you're just like wow, commentary on 2001. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, in 1989, you know, people commenting on the Vietnam War or the Vietnam era was like, okay, yeah, sure, that was definitely something that happened before long before I was born, but um, it, the time period was not that far away. So that's well, all like the 70s show, show right? Like, yeah, and like, like right now, if they made a 70s show, it'd be the 90s show. Yeah. Be the same, like, it'd be the same time difference. She's just freaking insane. Like, that's God, we were just, we were just breaking out our, uh, our canes and our Centrum Silver uh, and our Viagra and everything else that, uh, <laughs> That comes along. You know what else made me feel old? Uh, I was listening to the new In the Garage podcast with uh, with Kyle Hamilton, Cam Hart, Connor Radigan, and uh, KJ Wallace, which is apparently on Colin Coward's podcast network, which I didn't know Colin Coward had a podcast network, but that's neither here nor there. And uh, Kyle Hamilton kept saying the word facts, which I, I interpreted facts. yeah, I interpreted to mean like yes or I agree. And uh, I don't know that I've ever said facts uh, in that context, but he could not stop saying it. So I think I have, but I was very inebriated. (laughs) Very inebriated. I I probably only learned no cap like six months ago. So I'm I'm very behind in the lingo. I think that might even be out by now, right? Oh, no cap's gone. Okay. I did did get some hate mail this week that, uh, that signed off no cap. So that was good. <laughs> oh, did they use the emoji so, or? I have a, I have a BYU. I have pissed off the BYU. I have pissed off a lot of people in the last two weeks. And I thought it's been pretty mild. I thought I've been, I thought I've been a good boy. Uh, but apparently you should BYU, be better. <laughs> BYU people really took offense to me saying that they were several runs below Notre Dame. Like to me, it's just duh. Like, I mean, that's not an insult. I'm just facts. Right. <laughs> Facts. So uh, I had this. I don't know how I, I didn't know that he could just message me on Messenger. Uh, and he just it, it was nonstop. And he kept ending it like no cat. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, go on your mission. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really trying to defend him, uh, defend BYU as being on the exact same level as Notre Dame. Yeah, which course. is just yeah. not it's not an argument you're going to win if someone truly believes that you're there's no sense in like I'll have a discussion with someone about the differences between Notre Dame and BYU and right. the similarities and, and stuff like that. I have no problem. I'll talk about I'll talk about that. But if you firm if you are a BYU fan and you firmly believe that they are on the same level status, why I mean, all across the board, uh, you, sir, are an idiot. Facts. <laughs> 
backs. No cap. <laughs> no cap. I, it's amazing. Amazing. Uh, you should just give so, Matt Brown's uh, email address and be like, yo, you need to talk to Matt Brown. He'll get your head straight. Well, uh, he was I, – I almost, I almost was going to get into it with a guy out of respect because usually the BYU interactions I have within the first – very quickly it turns into uh, Catholic bashing. Uh, and, and them cracking jokes about like non-Mormon Christianity that is really funny to them, but just I'm just just has you cock in your head like, huh? <laughs> like, huh? Uh, and I stay out of all that. You know, I'm not going to mock anybody's religion reg- at all, whatever your religion is. You're fucking be a Satanist, okay? Respect you. Uh, but BYU fans, I have found, are notorious. Uh, for straight up just religion bashing, which I, what if, I just what if they were, I don't get why you would have raised Jesuits? that up. What if they were Jesuits, Josh? Okay, okay. So I have bashed, <laughs> I have bashed Jesuits uh, quite a bit in the past. So yeah, okay, uh, cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's fucking, but it's wild out there, man. I mean, people, I I think people are arguing. It's like it's like Ghostbusters 2, man, and the pink ooze right now. People are arguing. They don't even know what they're arguing about. And then you get caught up in it, and you're feeling this negative energy, and, and you're just you're going with it because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the last, I don't know, six, five, six years of political discourse in this country has fucked up everybody, but that's for another podcast on someone else's show. Uh, but it's just – it's wild, man. It's I, I Honest to God – We'll talk about uh, uniforms and Under Armour here in a bit, but I got a nice handful of hate mail today uh, about uniforms, which isn't a first for me by any means, <laughs> but it was just very unexpected, very, very unexpected. Uh, and uh, uh, the I, it wasn't Catholic bashing, it was, in fact, it was opposite. I had some guy grandstanding about uh, – how anti-Catholic Nike was. And I like, I have no, idea. are you saying because they are cool with LGBTQ plus people? Cause every company is, I, I don't know. It's been strange. And the reason why things have gotten, I, I think it felt so strange is because there is a season just a little over a month away and Texas and Oklahoma decided to drop a nuclear bomb. Oh. And everybody knows the story. Texas yeah. and Oklahoma, they went both to the SEC. And then that's the main story. And then there's like a, a million side stories. And on top of those side stories, you have about 5 billion opinions about how everything should, should happen or is going to happen. So I'm not sure how our discussion is going to go tonight. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I am going to state this and then we can run with it. I think the media is a bunch of fucking jerkwads right now. Yep. They're absolutely gaslighting everything. Listening to Andy Staples podcast, he is just jerking off to every known crazy ass conference realignment scenario. And his colleague, Chris Vanini, you know, is really like dialing that back. He dialed that back quite a bit. And I was, Surprise! Actually, at that article about how 
uh, you know, trying to protect college sports the way we know it, uh, you know, a little bit. But it's just like the gaslighting out there, the absolute like, like they're treating it like I don't, like you're fucking trading baseball cards. Like they'll just yeah. go pick up this, they'll pick up that, and it's like there's all, and it's such a flashback to ten, ten years Hello. ago. Yeah, they did the same fucking thing, and seventy eight, ninety percent of that to ninety whatever how you want to rate it didn't happen at all like that. No, <laughs> we didn't get the sixteen team super conferences. We didn't get anything, and and it's not a surprise. Like none of these national writers. This is the type – the summer isn't their season because they don't want to start looking into previewing and having to break teams down. They don't want to do any of that because there's no and fun And let's face it, media, media days are no fun anymore. They're, they're not as fun as they used to be. The SEC the was pretty – it was pretty fun. Lane, Lane Kiffin well, was yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, but only because the SEC was fun because of the conference realignment stuff. Like it, they – this news dropped when Jimbo Fisher got a up to the podium. That's about as college football as it gets, uh, which is, which is fun and great. Uh, but the, the stuff has really dialed back over the years. Even Jim Harbaugh was, was absolutely tame this, you know, this last round. Well, so. he did say, he did say that um, he's going to beat Michigan die. state and Ohio state or die trying. Or George die trying. But yeah. that's still tame which, for Harbaugh. Which I think it's actually still the tame. plot of a, of a, a 50 cent movie, I think. Uh, yeah, get Richard Dry trying. It's all, yeah. yeah. If yeah, I had these, some audio skills, these right. writers, these writers there, have there no desire also... to break games down, they have no desire to look into what teams are going to be. They're waiting for you know all of their preseason mags to tell them who they should write in for their preseason All Americans. This was a gift to them because this is what they like to do. They like to spin fantastical tales about what could happen. And this is their wheelhouse. And yeah, it makes me it makes me hate like I like Andy Staples a lot. Like yeah. that's that's someone who I have in, He's one of the read greatest. for a long time. He's good. He, and he gets I, I think he really gets college football and what that means. Like he's. He's not just a national writer. He's also, you know, he's the blogger. He's the blogger that made it big time in a way. You know what I mean? He's like, he's that kind of mold where he'll talk about the goofy shit because the goofy shit matters. But in this instance, it's just, I think that he had, and just, I, I, I hate bashing him, but he's the one I've been reading and listening to quite a bit lately about it. He's just, he takes these things and just, I think he has an idea about what it could be. And then just fucking hits the nitro and takes a fucking big fat line of Coke and just rolls with it. Uh, so I, it's just, it's not been, it's not, it really hasn't been fun. It was not, it's not like 2011 where, or 10 or whatever it was when it was kind of fun. It was, it was kind of fun figuring out well this and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but. I, but I will, because I do it every time when we talk about cops real life. I predicted that Nebraska go to the Big Ten like a year and a half, two years before it happened. I did it on a podcast with Michael Felder. Um, and that's not to say anything other than I got something right before everybody else gave for me once. So, but it just this time around, it's it, it feels more sinister 
It feels because corporate, I, right? I, I, well, feel well, especially especially with uh, the way that it was back channeled with uh, Oklahoma and Texas and at ESPN and the SEC, and now the Big mm-hmm. Twelve wants to know what the you know they want to get ESPN in the room. Like, what did you know, and when did you know it? Uh, I mean, they want to go fucking Watergate on this. Uh, but that's because of Bullsby was saying that Bullsby was saying that ESPN was trying to back channel um, one of the irate eight into yeah, another says, conference. It's a, it's a it's a torturous interference claim he's got. Right. Which I don't think that you can make that claim publicly unless you have some evidence to back it up. Which like and he, and he claims that he has. He said it's it, yeah, it's wild. He's got it. She's got the smoking gun, whatever it may be. Well, and I think the last time around, it was we were watching the Big East implode. And that I think that There's as much as I love the Big East, I, I just think, well, the stakes are higher with the Big 12 as opposed to the Big East. Like I mean, there's no love like lost pro- for seeing Pitt. And I was tired. Like, personally, mm-hmm. I was tired of the of hearing about how the Big East tournament was great. Um, and I know I'm pretty alone in that, but I uh, I kind of liked seeing those East Coast schools kind of get put in their place. Sorry, Jude. No, I I, <laughs> I uh, actually went to a couple of Big East tournaments when I was a when I was an undergrad because Madison Square Garden was not hard to get to when I lived in New Jersey, and uh, I really never got it. I, I really just yeah. like it. Just was very the, the crowd was very uninterested in watching basketball. Uh, on a Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, like one o'clock. <laughs> so um, you'd sit there all day, and they just the place was sort of like a mausoleum. I I just I really didn't I, I really didn't get it. I, I I I don't know. I just feel like that you know when you you put them in places where I I, I know St. John's is there, but I just it it didn't it didn't feel like um, the New York City crowd really gave a shit. So no, New York City isn't a college college city. Yeah, no, but it is a but it is a basketball city though. I mean, yeah, but and it's, it's one of those, definitely one of those things city, where right they try but, they they tried so hard to force it down your throat. Like well, okay, great. Huh? To Brendan's point, when like Pitt and West Virginia are playing each other, you know, it's like who gives a shit, right? If it's not Connecticut right. or it's not if it's not St. John's, if it's not St. John's, St. John's, Georgia, St. John's, or, yeah, yeah, St. John's, yeah, kind of a Providence. maybe even Cuse, yeah. but like you know, Providence, yeah, if it have Lamar Odom. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, and that's what, I guess that was my point was that the implosion of the big East did not feel like it, like, uh, I want to say an indictment, but like, it didn't feel like this giant, uh, fuck you to college football tradition. Whereas the implosion of the big 12 kind of does in a way, because the implosion of the big 12 means that the Southwest Conference, you know, Southwest Conference rolls into, yeah, the, the Big, Big Eight, Eight roll into, yep. roll into the Big Twelve, and it still feels normal-ish. But it, it, if the Big Twelve implodes completely, Oklahoma and Texas go to go to the SEC, and then you have, you know, these the, the, the rest of the ACC. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's a. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I really. I'll talk about it here in a minute about things I, I, I hope I see happen. Uh, but I mean, I really hope West Virginia does get that, but <clears throat> I don't see it happen. I, but it just I, feels like, I'd like to, it just feels like, like there, there goes something there. 
there gets knocked away. Now I will see there are things out of out of this this particular realignment that we could actually get back if it works out correctly. That that's what uh, I'm, that's what I'm hopeful for. That's exactly what I'm hopeful for. Is it, go ahead, Josh. It's like it's it's yeah. p- potential so, things that happened in the past that could be realigned. Yeah, so let, let me let me uh, I guess let me let me make this a little more tamer for everybody. You know, I, I'm not going to spin you the tale about the Big Ten and the Pac uh, Pac 12 joining forces uh, or or any of this like monster type shit. I think that there is a way for this conference realignment to happen that benefits. Uh, <clears throat> I, I won't say everybody because there's going to be there's going to be schools that get clipped, and that's just way these things happen. Cincinnati. But I, well, well, hold on. But I think there's a way that, um, that we get back a lot of things that have been missing. I mean, you know, Brendan isn't quite, you're not 40 yet, right, Brendan? You're still. No, I'm 36. Yeah. I, I got 36 <laughs> time. Uh, you fucker. Jude and I are in our forties. So and this is, and we're, this is still speaking to our youth, but so here we go. <clears throat> This is my very what everyone else is doing. This is kind of what I think, what I hope happens. I, I'm not sure if this, I'm not going to say this is what's going to happen. But this is what I hope happens <clears throat> now that we see that things are going to happen. Texas and OU go to the SEC. What we get out of that is a re, uh, you know, a reunion of Arkansas and Missouri and you know Texas, Texas A&M. Oh, you, you got a lot of flavor there. You got some Southwest stuff. You got some big eight stuff. You got, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff you're getting back there. Um, you know, Texas A&M, Texas, uh, it's a bitter cold rivalry. It, when they say that, sh- that they don't pay attention to the other, that's when you know, it's good. Uh, if you ask an ex-husband, what his ex-wife is up to, he says he hadn't thought about her in, in years. He's full of shit. He's been stalking her on Facebook every night. You know, you got him. Um, <laughs> But there's there's a lot there, just those two teams going to the SEC that you get back from the old days of Big Eight, Southwest Conference, uh, and, and and Big Twelve, all, all in that little little bit. That's cool. So I hope that ha- so that ha- that's going to happen. We get that back. After that, what I hope happens is I really do hope the ACC grabs West Virginia, and that's fucking it. I know everybody is hung up on these on the 16 number and and now 10 years ago they were and now it's like like staples is talking like 20 teams blah 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 i i don't think that they're going to go that nuts i really i just don't think they're going to go that nuts anyone but what i think notre dame helped prove last season you don't need a fucking even number in these things and you know what the acc adds west virginia they get to drop this stupid ass Atlantic coastal uh, divisions that they have and just go straight up uh, like they did when Notre Dame was in last year. It's the best way to decide, decide that anyways, just play your schedule, top two teams playing their conference championship game. That's a perfect mix. West Virginia is a, is a great fit athletically for the ACC academically. That's a different that's a different story altogether. I did hear that they have improved greatly on that front, um, so it, it wouldn't seem as. Uh, it, I, I'm, this is no disrespect to West Virginia. This is kind of like the the hoity-toity 
uh, ACC thought process, they wouldn't be like going beneath themselves to pick up the Mountaineers. Uh, you all see the ACC tailgating photos. So we had, we had a whole meme. Cool. We had a whole meme fest of it. Uh, every oh, game yeah. Last. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hashtag go ACC. And, ACC life. It was know, has, get, it, yeah. ACC life. So you get West Virginia in there. You get backyard brawl again. You get Pitt West yeah. Virginia again. I mean, listen, that was a fucking great rivalry game that I watched every year, every single year. And nothing's better than watching a, a crutched up Dave wants that uh, <laughs> on the sideline with a shit pit team take down West Virginia, which was bound just destined for the BCS championship. <laughs> it was just, 12, it was a 13 to 13 to nine, right? A mesmerizing game. And that's uh, the it, game that put uh rich rotted uh, in Arbor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> So, you know, and not only that, but you have, you bring back some of the big East stuff, you know, Boston college, Virginia tech, what West, West, West Virginia, Virginia, Syracuse. I mean, you're getting a little bit of that good big East back, you know, Miami even, you know, I mean, you get, you're, yeah, you're not getting temple, East. you're not getting temple back. So that's cool. Uh, but you get a little Virginia bit of that. Tech, Virginia back. tech was uh V tech was like, I saw a fun tweet today about the 91 season and that of the 10 conferences, um, the 10 conferences that made up division one football in 1991, four of them are gone now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and just looking at that 91, looking at what the, the conferences look like in 91. And, and I think the overarching thing was like realignment happens. And for whatever reason, it seemingly happens on the uh, years that ended one. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, so, the independents in 91 were, like, Florida State, Penn State, Notre Dame. I mean. Miami. Well, no, Miami was. That was the first year of the, the Big oh, East Miami. Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right. But the, the, it, that, was a, that was a, a yeah. yeah, it was a long list. But that was the first year of, I think, of Big East Miami. Um, right. And it was it was TV dollars that drove them to yeah. the conferences. So, so it, it, all make, it all makes sense. So, yeah. So, I hope West Virginia happens. So. That's the that's the like what I hope like move wise. I don't think the Big Ten has to, nor do I really think they do shit. Like they could go grab Iowa State, they could In go grab Kansas. Kansas, yeah. Whether they the, do or you not, you would just be splitting the pie further if you're if you're the yeah, Big Ten. Yeah, I just you just and that, and that is splitting the pie. That is something at least Staples has has been knocking home quite a bit too. Was you're not adding teams to make the pie smaller. They have to add value. They have to add money to the pot. And if it's a question mark, why do it? I think the Big Ten stands fat. I'm not sure if the, if the Pac-12 does much. Maybe they do. I think they need to get into but, Texas, and I think they need to get it. Like, well, I, I think mean, that the they need to get – I think that the Pac-12 needs additional media markets, and they will take them where they can get them. So the biggest, so, after all that, the biggest question marks really are what happens to the American, what happens to the Big 12? So if 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 the ACC were to take West Virginia, now you're staring at seven teams, you need them five just to get to your name, right? Just to, just to make your name not be a joke anymore. Uh, well, it's been a joke. How many teams are in your conference? And I think they could do that quite simple. You know, if you at Cincinnati, UCF, 
Houston, uh, SMU. There's four teams right there. Hell, if you're so worried, uh, Texas lawmakers push for North Texas. It doesn't sound sexy, but uh, whatever. I mean, you can go Memphis. There's there's a, a bunch of different roads you could go you could go down. But and why? Why not? That, that's my question. But that's my question well, I mean, is well, they're gonna have to do something because you can't you can't go into the season with even if West Virginia doesn't get swallowed in the ACC, you can't go in you can't go into getting media rights with those eight. I mean, if you're Cincinnati, if you're Cincinnati, why do you why do you jump over to the Big 12? Because you they already chased that um, dragon, if you will, when they moved over to the Big East and then the Big East folded right after that. Right. Right. Well, they chased it with they chased it with the Big 12 recently, too. And that and that got the rug out under them. Them Houston and UCF all got the rug pulled out from underneath them. That's not to say they still don't want it. I thought chasing the dragon was when you smoked opium. That's not chasing. Uh, the I, th- I think it's heroin, but oh, it's, heroin? it's some wow. kind of oh. hard drug. That escalated I, quickly. Uh, I'm no, not the white sure horse. You... The white horse is heroin. Yes. Uh, ch- chasing the dragon is opium. All right. Same plant. Same plant. No, heroin smoking is uh, chasing the dragon. Ugh. I thought that was chasing uh. the white horse. I guess I my question. <laughs> <laughs> my question is, I think that if it, the, the Big Twelve, wouldn't it make more sense for for the AAC to absorb to absorb? Because I I'm not sure if the Big Twelve is going to have the ability to remain solvent long enough. Because if well, here's if the- I'm an Oklahoma State or or if I'm a Texas school, if they don't I get rated. Get the- I want to get now, to the Pac-12. If if they don't get rated, the big the rest of the Big 12, and that means West Virginia, that means Iowa State. If they don't get rated, they're gonna have they're gonna have to go grab schools because they're not gonna survive on their own. I don't think they survive. I think it, I then, when does Bulls be up, right? I mean, he's 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 the last of the commissioners. Oh, the the, the fifth and the fifth school I was I was thinking about was uh, Boise because they would jump at it. So Boise, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and uh, SMU added to the other seven that were there if West Virginia were to go to the ACC. How how is that conference better than the AAC? How is adding Iowa? If you're Cincinnati, why do I why do I want to trap? Why do I want to add? Well, you're holding a thousand. You're holding yuck, a the entire. You're crap. holding the entire state of Texas in your hand, rather than just a snippet of it. Which is, I a, mean, you already have a SMU, right? So you already have Dallas. So I'm not sure if I'm Cincinnati, why I want to add Indeed. Baylor, or why I want to Texas add Tech. Texas Tech. Why do I want to go to Waco? Who wants to go to Who wants to go to Waco, man? Who wants why to go to Lubbock? Who wants to go? Who wants to go to Lubbock? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't mind. I don't mind Lubbock. I bet you Lyle Lubbock would go to Lubbock. I mean, listen. No. I've I've said the I've said before. Lubbock this podcast, is a. I have I have no desire to go to Texas for anything, at all. I'm, I'm a, I might be the most anti-Texas person you'll meet because I'm so sick and tired of them talking about how fucking great they are. Fuck you, Texas. Great. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so that's but that's just that's just being a contrarian. I, I just I still think that there is a. 
name name recognition kind of even if it doesn't matter which it likely doesn't i still think it matters in a sense of where programs want to be so i think if the big 12 what's left of them you know start asking these schools hey you want to come here i think they went out this is the but, Maven buying Sports it, Illustrated to peddle their trash with just the name Sports Illustrated. But it is a house of cards because all it would take was all it would take all it would take to crumble, and this is it. All it would take to crumble is for the Big Ten to go. You know what? We're gonna add one more. I mean, fuck, we were the Big Eleven for so many years. We're not worried about being even either. We're gonna add, we're gonna go ahead and grab Iowa State. Just one more school out of that mix crashes it all. That's how fragile. That'd be hilarious when Matt Campbell brings his eight and five football team. Well, it'd be hilarious when Matt Campbell loses to Iowa every year and it's a conference loss. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I still, I I, I think the name, the name cash is there still, whether it matters or not, but it's very fragile and it wouldn't take much for it to crumble. And, you know, maybe none of it's going to even come close to happening that way. Um, but I, I, I would see the 12 rating. I think Nicole Arbach uh, talked about it. Like, I'd see them getting it before the American, unless another move was made and then boom, it's the American. I don't know. I want you guys to talk about your bet and who feels more confident right now. I shit. What, what bet was that? Five. I owe you five bucks probably by the end of the week. <laughs> well, we'll see. Oh, oh, that was about the uh, Texas legislator blocking, uh, blocking the move. They're not gonna. They don't have the time. No, no. I. Uh, I also didn't know that the dynamics uh, had sh- had shifted so. Um, drastically in the last 10 years in the Texas uh, house. All I all I looked at was like this. The people well, that are making these you, moves, you guys made your bet and then shit got real, like in terms of like letter writing campaigns and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like people putting people on notice. And I was like, whoa, that escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah, oh, they blew it up. Yeah, they blew it up. A lot of now, it's uh, the, the, like these are not stupid people. Like maybe like the commissioners maybe aren't the smartest people in the world, but they have lawyers that are very smart and they pay them a lot of money. And there's the moves that they make are pretty well calculated. And so if just just the whole way this whole thing's gone about, nothing about it screwed. It wasn't a rumor. Like this was like, oh no, it was not a rumor. And noise and like this is gonna happen. What what I find amazing is that they kept it quiet from Texas A and M for so long. That's what that's what makes it funny to me, you know. Well, that's uh, well, this is the most. It was the fact they kept it uh, quiet from the big tw- from the Big Twelve so long because it was uh, Texas A and M that broke the news. Like, right? Bowlesby's over there, like praising Sankey for his um, leadership <laughs> and right. wherewithal. He's literally a twelve team. Doesn't realize there's a knife <laughs> firmly lodged between his shoulder blades. Yeah, he doesn't realize I mean, that. As he's as he's like introducing himself at the front door, he sends his friends around back to like rob the place. It's a Game of Thrones episode. I mean, it really is. It's uh, 
It's fan- I mean, I love it. That's the part of it I do like. Is like I like that cloak and dagger stuff. Yeah, it, well, it's just it's fucking wild, man. Uh, it's everything's kind of just wild as hell. But for Notre Dame and for Notre Dame fans right now, I mean, it doesn't really fucking matter, right? I mean, like the way that the way no, that some of these uh, the media people are are joy not uh, having are are, are, are spinning it is that they're not really even bringing Notre Dame up because they're they're not they're just so driving at home that it's just going to be like this is going to be like 38 teams 38 schools eventually and they're just going to naturally assume Notre Dame would be a part of that at some point it all seems like nonsense to me um but really there's just there's no reason to like fan comments are the best I was over on uh, Mason Brew. I uh, just reading some of the shit about conference realignment in the comment section. Just about every other comment was about, you know, if we could get ND, if if the amount of trash talk that comes out of these other these other school fan bases about Notre Dame, and then yet still they're still the golden goose, right? That's this is that's still like. Notre Dame can put a st- can put a stop to a lot of the shit if they decided if they wanted to join ACC or Big Ten full time or or whatever they could like put an end to a lot of this shit and they don't and it's great because we're just sitting back like this really doesn't affect us I mean it really does I mean scheduling wise in the future it can and and will how much is probably still minimal right I mean like you're still going to have to, there's still going to be games to be, they're going to have to be played. Now the whole conference or the whole, um, uh, playoff, you know, thing is that that's very much up in the air. That's very much up in the air now because depending upon how things shake out now, what they want to have the playoff be could be a lot different. I think the commissioners too, on all aspects, Every every I mean the Pac-12 commissioners on record being kind of butthurt about all this thing, um, <laughs> being left out of the discussion that it was Schwarbrick and the three, um, Bowsby and the Big 12, whatever remains of them are butthurt about the whole thing. If I'm the Big 10, um, I can't be ecstatic about what the SEC is doing right now, right? I mean they've created. The SEC conference at this point. So so look at the landscape of college football, the college football playoff from 2014 to today. With Oklahoma joining the SEC, don't they account for over 80% of the college football playoff spots? Well, that's, I mean, that's basing it off of a, of an Oklahoma team that is that wasn't in the SEC. I no, I it wasn't right, in the. Right. But it was one of the. I, I mean, I don't really like that stat. That's like Oklahoma that's still like just Ten, signed the best. Up John Hopkins lacrosse fucking title. Who signed the number one quarterback in the country this year for the 2021 Oklahoma. or 2022 class? It's Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I, I, Oklahoma unquestionably is one of the ten best programs in the nation, oh, and no, now no. they're in the SEC, no. and. I think that that conference has almost a 
I think it changes things because that conference before it was they they had the sort of it just means more. But in adding, yeah, but you still have to win your games, and not everybody in that conference is going to be able to win enough games to be like no. No, no. Even even but, if they are, and listen, and even if they are better than other teams, there's now you're getting thrown into a mix where you still have to play the game, and it's you know these losses still count. Right, but if you're but if you're Ohio State and you look at it, and all of the, they're playing in a different sort of they're playing almost a different game. They're playing at a higher level than they're playing in the Big Ten because I mean the Big Ten's talking about adding Kansas. Iowa State, and I don't think that they should <laughs> split that high, but it's like you look at up and down the Big Ten Conference, and Michigan can't get out of their way own way, and James Franklin is an awful late-game coach, and I don't think that they – what, what what would Penn State be in the SEC? I, I just think that, that these other conferences are now looking at the creation of a true super conference. They're not just acquiring numbers in media markets. They're not adding a Maryland and Rutgers. I mean, they're adding Oklahoma and Texas, which I think is a pretty big deal. And I think these right. other conferences are, are going to start getting resentful towards the SEC for what they're trying to build. And I'm curious well, as to in the, the comments today from the PAC 12 commissioner, um, in the Arbach article that, that came out, it almost seemed resentfulness. Well, I know, I, I guess I don't blame him. Right. Like I no. And this goes, this goes back to the Vanini article of like, here is a great sport. That was a regional sport gone national, which is a which is an awesome thing. It's, it's a lot like, I, I hate to, I, I really do hate the comparison, but it's a, in a lot of ways it's like professional wrestling. These regional things have gone that have gone national, but that doesn't mean you have to go like Uber Uber. It, it just doesn't because the thing you're really killing off the game. You're you're killing off so much of what makes college football different than the NFL, where all these other people are like gunning to be like modeled after it. And I just, I just don't think that that's it. I don't think college football needs to be that. And I don't think they, that they should be that. Like how much money do you think you're not going to get bigger than the NFL? So stop trying. I guess like there's, there are so many, only so many dollars to go around. So stay in your fucking lane. Like, (laughs) You know, quit blowing up the fucking, quit blowing up the lasagna before you taste it. <laughs> they can only go goose, man. They can't help themselves. They really can't. No, it's just, uh, it's Brent, funny for, it's funny for the other people. Freddie made a comment the other day that I 100% agree with. We're going to look back on the summer and brew that, brew that 2021 ever happened. Yep. Because this is, I think it's the beginning of the end of Notre Dame football as we as we understand it, and I, I and I'm I'm very worried that in five to ten years I won't be watching Notre Dame football anymore or watching it the way that I've come to understand it, where it's go for go for go further on that. Well, I guess that I I take Swarbrick at his at his at his word that. Notre Dame has no interest 
in paying athletes for playing football. And if that is where we're ending up, if we're, we're trying to be more like the NFL every day, then in this NIL, NIL thing, as I think the guys in the, the in, inside the garage uh, podcast so accurately noted, it's, it's the wild west out there. There's no regulation. The NCAA doesn't know how to get its hands around it. It doesn't, it doesn't know if it wants to be involved at the same time. You know, I, I'm not sure how much auditing of, of, you know, NIL deals there's, there's being done in terms of like, I'm not sure if the NCAA is really even interested in being the NCAA anymore to being the governing body. Um, and so if in 10 years, Notre Dame's playing Harvard. <laughs> um, well, I guess here, so here's my question to you about that. And I'm with you. I mean, I, I take, I take Swarbrick at his word uh, about that. However, is Jack Swarbrick going to be there in 10 years? No. His father Jenkins? I don't so, think so. Yeah. But the, so the, so the nothing thing, they say, this, this ain't a Hesburgh thing. We're just because you fucking say you're going to play Navy every year means you have to do it. it They're still I, playing Navy every year. To, right. But it doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> to the broader well, point, though, to the broader point is that you're st- you don't have – they're still not paying players. And I'm, st- I, and I'm, not, I'm not convinced at all that they're ever going to. No, nor should they, nor should they. But that's part of the thing I, is well, – I think the, the NIL line gets involved. Going to but here's the thing. Is, if, if, if the Supreme Court is blowing up the NCAA and the NCAA says, you know what, fuck this, let's – you know, we're, we're out of here. Like we can't – we can't – we can't wrap our arms around this anymore because because basically the whole idea of amateurism is completely out the window and the college football playoff, you know, takes over as the entity running the thing. And then the teams that participate decide they want to start playing players. The Notre Dame is going to, is going to exit itself from that, from that conversation. And, and, and I, I understand that you think this is a Swarbrick Jenkins things, but I think this is an institutional belief of Notre Dame. Well, no, I, I mean, I, Dame, I think Notre Dame's belief is first, first and foremost that that academics comes first and athletics is always second. And, and if athletics right, but, can serve the academic endeavor, then then absolutely, you know, that's a that's a great it, soapbox but. to stay as a great soapbox to fucking stand on when your football team is making you all this money. You can say those things, but when that goes away, when it's not making you all the money. The next thing you know, you're just a, a a small Catholic liberal arts school in the Midwest. That's a whole different fucking ballgame, regardless sure. of your fucking endowment. I, that you I would touch. I would argue but that you still have that the number one business what, school. You still you still yeah. highly ranked in the U.S. News and right. World Report. You know, but what, and, but what I'm Josh, what I'm I would saying say that is that it's it's, it's easy to say those things when you're sitting on a pile of. It's like me, right? If if I was sitting on a pile of fucking cash. Every time my wife said something about that something needs done around here, I just pick up the fucking phone and have a motherfucker come do it. It's easy to be a husband. But here's the but thing, Josh. But when you die, that's ahead. what got Notre Dame into trouble in the 2000s. Is that they were playing like they were high. They they were like Jude said, is they were willing to sacrifice all Notre Dame's facilities before Brian Kelly, before I guess even Charlie, right. when Charlie Weiss stepped into there, the facilities were trash 
And Jack Schwarbrick did an incredible job of updating oh, all of that. I, absolutely. And I would argue, and this is for another day, but I would argue that Father Hesburgh did more to hamper Notre Dame's ability to be a football power than I think that he did to help it. And I don't think yeah. that that's a particularly hot no, take. I'll, I, no, because I actually agree with that uh, to, a, to a pretty good extent. But none of that was – None of that was what I was trying. All I was saying was that you could say anything right now. All of it could be, and it could be just pure grandstanding. And it didn't even have to be that. You could absolutely fucking mean it. But in 10 years, it won't mean shit. I mean, this, this, the way things rolled out. Now, they could do that. And I'm with Jude. I mean, it's not like I haven't thought about it before, about that happening. I, but at the same time, I think that there's, I don't want to say, I just, I first of all, if it, if it just boils down to paying players, like flat out cutting a check from the university to the player for here's your game day check. Oh yeah. I don't think that's I don't think that's coming. I don't even think it needs the, to come. Even at the even at the NCAA exit stage left, I still don't think these schools are going to. Title Nine is is federal law. It's not NCAA. Yes. So even if these even if the NCAA leaves. You still have to deal with the federal law about how you treat athletes in colleges. Unless, no, and no I heard no, no one wants to pay these guys. No. Even, they, even if they say they do, they're only fucking saying it to grease themselves up, to make themselves look good with the recruits. That's it. No one wants to pay these kids. Let other people salary. pay them. Yeah, let yeah, other people. Let them, let them that, make their own that's money, what which they, is how it should be. NIL, that's what NIL is yep. doing. And that's why they're so hands off with it. They're like, fuck it. Let it be the wild, wild west. It is what it is. It's not money coming out of our pockets. And no one's looking at us funny because Joe Toyota uh, down the road uh, just gave this guy a fucking Camry. Uh, and he's still, a, you know, he hasn't barely stepped a foot on campus. Like Quinn, Quinn Ewers, five-star quarterback from Texas going to Ohio State. Skipping a senior year? He's going to skip a senior year because he has – he can make more money mm. as a freshman, even if he does nothing, being in Columbus than he is as a senior in high school. He's got an exclusive deal at a hair salon, right? Did you see? Hold on. Did you is, see yeah. Avery Johnson? <laughs> Holy. How could you shit. miss Avery Johnson? How, get him. Whatever you have to do. I, if you his are hair, a South. His hair walked into the locker room three minutes before you did. <laughs> I have, I still have yet to watch a highlight clip of his. So I really have no idea how well his ranking is. Get him. Just fucking get him. That hair is amazing. And someone, someone said it today. He looks like Jimmy Claus's sister. I'm cool with that too. Yeah. He, he does. He looks, he looks like he's like, he's Claus's sister. Fucking get him. It looks amazing. But yeah, I'm just saying that the, that, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's ever going to come down to the schools paying athletes because of the federal law in place, and that they'll just let the NIL stuff be. It'll be the wild, wild west. It could be that way for 30, 40 years. And there's a lot of people in this business that don't even think college football is going to be around for much more than twenty years, anyways. So. Who knows? Who knows? Who, I mean, honestly, God, who really knows what's happening? I'm interested in the next five years. 
right? Like I, I, I refuse to look past the next five years of uh, it's going to get crazy. And, and I think the ACC locking itself in, uh, to its deals, 2036 in, 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 in hindsight, a real, really bad miscalculation yeah. well and, yes and ditto, no though and ditto too money like, what no but it does it does keep their guys in place though because like, if they the, didn't have that in place if they didn't have that in place right now it could easily have been clemson and florida state and miami or combination or whatever but easily have been there but look at what texas and oklahoma are doing they're they're willing to make the big 12 implode so they don't have to pay the they have to pay the uh the yeah the contract violation and I think those are bigger brands than anything in the ACC. I don't even think that's a question. Yeah, I don't. Even I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that 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 long-term grant of rights deal that ACC has actually is, keeps the league more stable because you're not having teams leave. Yeah, yeah I, think, Mar- I think you want Maryland. to up your your television contract around the same time as the college football playoff is changing. I'm yeah, that's. I mean, the Pac-12's like, Mar- got a contract coming up. The Big Ten's got a contract coming up, and they're gonna they're gonna make big bucks. Yeah. Um. So, and obviously the SEC. And you don't want to be sucking hind seat here in the Power Five. I, I just I think you don't want to be Big Twelve. No, you but know, again, no. I, I guess I, the way I've been, this whole money thing has been has really bothered me lately. Like the talk about it, there really is only so much you can do with a certain amount of money with as a football program. Like you, you just you cannot fuck like just flat out buy some shit. So like the rest of that money is going to the schools for whatever the fuck else they want to do use it for. Correct? Just like Notre well, Dame uses a lot of their they use their, their football money for lots of things. Sure. So uses but people are using faculty the faculty positions, they support all the other correct, correct non revenue generating sports. But people are using the T V contract monies as these are why they're going to be massive contenders. Like Purdue makes an insane amount of money more than Notre Dame. They're never going to be better than Notre Dame. It, it, Wisconsin, so Wisconsin, was money in only the gets you so, last year. Well, money only, and they have so a Big far. Ten contract. Wisconsin has a Big Ten contract, and they were in the red last year. So there, there's something to be said about running, running your school, running your athletic programs. And running your conferences correctly, yes, that's, I think that speaks more to that than the dollar amount. But a lot of media types just run with that fucking dollar. I mean, they really fucking. I I don't know. I like, I don't know if it's like just the sensationalism in them that makes them freak out. Like all of a sudden it's going to change the world, uh, but it doesn't. We we've, we've already seen this. We've seen these big fucking dollars, and it's. It didn't change much. The good teams now are pretty much the same good teams we had 10 years ago. And there's some ins and outs, but I mean, it's just, it's the programs and schools that are committed to winning, regardless of their dollar amount, that are going to continue to do so. And the ones that are, I mean, that's it. (laughs) I I, I was going to add like, but those are the ones that have the history too. Like a lot of those programs now, they have a long history of this because that's they're committed to doing it. So it's it's this ain't gonna change the fucking fortunes of Mississippi State. It's just not. They're not all of a sudden gonna rise up and start challenging Alabama 
on a year in and year out basis. That's just not going to happen. I mean, Bama had a fucking whole list of fucking shit that got thrown at them sanctions wise and all that. And look where they're at now. You know what I mean? It's just, that was right after they won a national championship. When look where they're at now. Auburn is constantly on probation and constantly going undefeated on the years that they're on probation. Yeah. So on, on odd years. So Kyle Hamilton told the story on, on their episode, one of their podcasts where he was um, on a visit to a school and the, and the coach was like, you know, what, what are your plans for tonight? And he's like, uh, you know, I think I'm thinking I'm going to go out or whatever. And the coach was like, you need some spending money. And Kyle's like, uh, no, I'm all set. And he's like, you sure? And he's like, yep. And, you know, Kyle didn't name the school or whatever, but like, if shit like that is blatantly happening and no one is calling it out, you know, if the, the player refuses to say which school did that to him or whatever, then they're just going to keep doing that. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's been going on for, but what I'm saying is like, if the coach is feeling entitled and the school is flush with cash and no one is, and everyone's kind of grumbling about it, but still looking the other way, like, we're, I mean, it's kind of, we're sort of like paying the players, right? We're kind of sort of doing it without actually doing it. Well, yeah, that's the whole point about NL or NIL. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, that we're paying it without paying. I don't think NIL is going to take that away. I think the coach, the coach, the high school kid is still going to be offering, you know. Oh, for sure. Oh. Throw 200 but, bucks in somebody's pocket, you know. But that doesn't make it, that's the thing though. That doesn't make it different. Like it's just, it's the same shit. Like the, the SMU slush fund is the same goddamn they, <laughs> all over the place. It's a, it, it, it's what college football is. It's, it's the seedy underbelly of college football. It's just what it's fucking been. It's never gone away. It's always been there. Like how I, Miami hadn't gotten hit. Two harder. Well, I, that, yeah, that, I mean, just the, the thing is, I thought, I mean, I felt like NIL, maybe I was wrong. I felt like NIL was billed as this, you know, we're going to bring transparency to, you know, no, no more, no, no, no. no more bag men. Like mm-hmm. this is going to like, this is going to show you that players have a value and they can be compensated. But I, I honestly think this is just going to be a bunch of like, um, well, no one's going to audit these things. You know, what it did, the car dealership is going to get $15,000 and then they're going to say, what did you do for that $15,000? like, Oh, we did an autograph signing and he, and he cut a commercial. It's like, and nobody's going to be like, well, what, show me the commercial. You know, or what it did say, well, you is it took the value. It took the negative connotation. Out of it. it did take the bag man out of it because the bag man was a cocksucker. He's a piece of shit. He was a piece of shit. But oh, now, did. but now he's Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just took. Well, no, 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 no. Here's the difference. Is the, you took Krampus and made him Santa Claus. The, the bag man was like. Some greasy guy handing you a stack of money in a McDonald's bag, and now the bag man is Colin Coward. Yeah. Now exactly. the bag. Now the bag man is Bojangles. Now the bag man is Dude Wipes. Now it's allowing brands <laughs> to get in there and to provide player. It's allowing the invisible hand of capitalism that Adam Smith, which which does make it transparent. Yeah, it makes it absolutely like, transparent. And you know like where money's coming from. If you, give, and, if you give somebody $100,000 who's only thrown 13 lifetime passes, 
Like, what is he getting for that hundred thousand dollars? And who's the one well, determining whether that's fair market value? Or here's, does anyone here's, even care? Nobody. Well, cares. What's the fair we market value of an Alabama quarterback? Nobody I, knows the fair market the value. Is, I don't know. I don't. How do you market? We'll that? find. I mean, we'll how, find how out. Make, you just say what it is. That's the point. Yeah, you like, just say. Like and, the, and you know what? Fair market value is whatever you say it is. Okay. That's the invisible hand, Jude. That's the invisible hand of capitalism. Is the market will correct itself. So they throw a million dollars at this Alabama quarterback, and when he flames out, if he does flame out, then they're going to learn a very valuable lesson. Maybe in we five years, in five down. years, in five years, all of this shit's going to be normalized, and dollar amounts will be normalized until the next. And right now, <laughs> this is the beauty of. Uh, well, and, that's that's the thing that was made, that was so interesting to me was like Kyle Hamilton's like. And Cam Hart were like, well, we're not really going to be the ones who make the money off this. And I think that the guys in the first two years are the ones who have the who stand the best chance of making the the, the greatest variations in money. The freshmen right now are the ones that are are ready to make some money. Yeah, but do I, you remember when the but, NFL? Do you remember when the NFL was given huge contracts? Junior, who's going to be the next Alabama quarterback or whatever? And again, you've thrown thirteen career passes or whatever. Like you are, you've never been more valuable than you are right now. Like. Right. Short of you winning the Heisman or being the next whatever, um, like you probably can't make as much money simply by playing. It's all about potential, right? Whereas yeah. in two years from now, as Brendan pointed out, if this guy flames out spectacularly, the next guy comes around, they're like, well, we learned our lesson from Bryce Young. We're not going to give this dude $100,000. We're going to give him $80,000. Before, before I forget it again, because I keep, I keep thinking about it and, and we keep changing direction just a wee bit. The beauty about the the whole uh, NIL thing right now is this: What happens when a let's just say um, let's say Kyra Williams gets a deal with um, oh Christ I don't know like like Taco Bell? What happens? There's 20 stories instantly go up, right? From college football, from writers all. Yeah. Right. Right. Does that happen in the NFL? Are 20 stories written about every marketing deal that a player has? No, but. No. So so here's. Hold on. Let me finish. Okay. Sure. So the beauty of the. uh, Of it right now is. That all of these. These corporate entities, these businesses. They are getting an unbelievable amount of free marketing, free publicity off of what they're doing. Like they're getting like insane value out of what they're doing right now because everybody's talking about it. Like people won't shut the fuck up. It's why I like, I'll, I'll throw up like a little fan shot about it. Like the, the line getting the dude wipes. Cause that's funny as hell. And the fact that they're just like stacking up these like, these little endorsements, I just think it's funny. Like barbecue, pizza, ass wipes. That's fucking great. <laughs> but every, but everybody is so fucking tuned in, and they all want to report this because everyone's like, because it, it's a content thing, you know, for one thing. And people are just so interested. And I just, I am not. I, I don't give a shit. I am so glad these kids well, the, can make money doing whatever. It, isn't I like just don't mission, care how they do it. it. Isn't Mission Barbecue gonna realize that? sponsoring the the offensive line of a of a power five school 
really not a return on investment because literally no one is like, I came to eat at Mission Barbecue because I know my favorite team's Ola. You're you're talking to the person who I want all advertising blown up. I there advertising does not really. (laughs) I've never felt advertising has really ever worked on me for anything other than knowing what a product is like. That's, that's, not, need. that's not true. Home field. That's home not field, true. Really. Home, field. home field is, uh, but, but I bought home field before all that. I had, I was, I had Eastern Michigan shirts before any, I, I just, right. cause bad I read I ran across it online looking for Eastern Michigan shirts. That was it. That's how I first knew about it. So no, Who, who's your car insurance, insurance company? Who's your car insurance company? And why is it the one that that's commercials made you laugh the most? <laughs> my car insurance company. Listen, my car. I go through Grange Insurance, which which is it's actually a small insurance company here in town called Scranton. Who his son plays uh, is Garrett Crawl, defensive end for the Wyoming Cowboys, which is a big deal in Hicksville, Division One kid. But anyways, <laughs> I just because he was the small one in town, and I wanted to give my local business to a local business. It's you. That was that was that was. I mean, that's how I make a lot of my choices. Uh, where, where I spend my dollars is I like to keep it as local as I possibly can. But no, just advertising. I the amount of money companies spend on marketing and advertising just blows me away because of how much throughout my life I have felt that it has never swayed me to buy. Like not not saying that it doesn't like knowing that McDonald's has got McRibs back that helps. <laughs> but but like constantly like seeing them sponsor little league team like what none of this other shit like i don't go the olympic sponsorships yeah i don't give a fuck who they're all regretting now i just need information like information about your product is all i'm ever looking for so like i don't know if if the olive garden had an ad that said we are only olive garden in name alone and everything is fucking changed now blah 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 I would go check it out just to say, just to go there and say, are you putting salt in your pasta water? Well, no, that'll ruin the pots. <laughs> well, then you walk out and leave. But you told me everything was changed. Uh, that, well, I didn't, uh, didn't Subway's doing a big push exactly like you're asking where they redesign their whole menu and they they have all these NFL players because that's what they well, do. That's what happens when you have a pedophile be your face of your <laughs> sure your franchise for, for it's for the kids, decades, Josh. It's for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> was the uh, pedophile so, stuff before he became famous or or after he became? Famous? I think it was I don't know. during. It was during. It was definitely during. I don't know if he did any of it before, but it was definitely during. Okay. It doesn't make it right. It just it makes it a little bit more. No, active, no, no. Well, yeah. I don't know if he was like if he was like, doing there's, that. There's I mean, nothing. This Even if they done like this is a background check, they wouldn't have found this because it hadn't happened yet. Well, no, because if because if, if they would have found it, somebody else would have been it, and he would have been in prison. Right. Um. So I just want to uh before before we get off of it because uh, we're still <laughs> we're still talking about player signing. Um. The invisible hand with the NFL when the, the rookie contracts. Matt Stafford signed a six-year deal for seventy-two million. Sam Bradford signed a six-year deal for $78 million. This is having played no snaps in the NFL. Um, and then the NFL said, that's enough of this nonsense. And the next year, in 2011, they instituted um, yeah, the cap. The cap. Yeah, and caps. so Cam Newton, four years, $22 million. Andrew Luck, $22 million. 
That's wild. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's quite a making almost a qu- making almost a quarter of it, and the the well, first round draft pick in 2011 saw, uh, class was 352, I think it's Jude, and then the uh, 2010 class made over 200 million dollars. What's that? Are you cutting an onion? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm playing with my Rubik's cube. I apologize. <laughs> Jesus, I thought you were dicing onions. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very Matt Green move. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> Hold on, let me go do the dishes. dishes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, love him. But yes, things are going to correct. That, we've, been, we've been shouting that for months about this. Things are going to correct itself. It's going to be wild right now. And it just is what it is. But as long as they are not saying to get back to the very first point of it, as long as they are not cutting checks from universities to players, then we're all set. Right. So it, 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 everything's everything's gonna be everything's gonna be fine on that front. Notre Dame is not gonna walk away from whatever this is or is gonna be. Just because there's a whole bunch of shadiness. There's been shadiness going on forever. As long as they don't have to cut a check from who, who the hell is even in charge of the money now? Someone new, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not um, not Graves yeah. anymore. Who the? No, no. Um, you're, you're not talking about the right guy. You, you were talking about Malpass, right? The the guy, investment guy? Or oh, he's not. Or you talk about the provost. What are you talking about? <sighs> I thought I thought Graves was the one deciding what what Graves money was spent. The... Mm, I don't know. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I you would know that better than I. Uh, either doesn't matter. The person is, <laughs> the person cutting the checks <laughs> in South Bend. As long as they as long as they're not involved, they're not even gonna give a fuck. They'll they'll let it be wild. They'll they'll do their thing. They'll still get the same kids they've been getting. And I don't know if anyone's noticed, there's a lot more smarter kids out there. There's a lot of smart kids out there that understand the value of what Notre Dame would give them and go in there. Notre Dame is not going to be a dynasty anytime soon or ever again. Boy, I tell you what, though, if I'm a if I'm a quarterback of any kind of, uh, you know, four or five star variety, I, I got to think I got to make more money anywhere else besides Notre Dame. If you're fucking good, though, then then you got it. If you're good, there is a national. There is audience. a lot of money. There's a lot of money to be made there. Yeah. How many? If, how if many? I'm, if athletes I'm good, I can go Colin to Albany, I can go to Alabama and not take classes and still make more money. What I'm saying is, say say Tyler Buckner starting next year. Say. <laughs> say Notre Dame. Okay. Say Notre Dame. Say Notre is undefeated this year. They're going into their last three game stretch. Jack Cohn gets carried off on a stretcher. He's missing a kneecap now. Tyler Buckner comes in, finishes out the fucking season undefeated, wins himself a playoff game, loses in the championship game. How much money do you think Tyler Buckner is making next year? A fuck a ton. A literal fuck ton. You can measure things in fuck tons now, and it would be a fuck ton. 
Yeah, I just think that there's more opportunities for Spencer Rattler and Bryce Young, though. Right. I Yes and no. I mean, yes, yes and no. And anybody who's quarterback at University of Miami. Dude, I mean, Jude, I think you're, I mean, you're, I think you're dismissing the national, the national reach of your own university. Okay. Where well, there's, there's, well, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money that's there for them. What, nas- what national if, brands are, are, are quarterbacks grabbing? Well, Spencer Rattler's got some big deals, right? Yeah. I mean, we're just, what I'm saying is we're just, we're, A, we are fresh into this. So there's, there's no way we could come up with any definitive answer about anything. The only thing I'm saying is that with Notre Dame, in Notre Dame's position that they're in right now as an independent playing a national schedule, there's still a national team, a a good quarterback, a fucking championship caliber, top 10 draft pick, Heisman worthy type quarterback performances. That guy's making fucking money. But more than that, he's making money for the next guy after him. That's the thing. The reason why Alabama's quarterback is making his money isn't because Alabama of Alabama or the Alabama's won championships. It's because the last quarterback there fucking was ungodly. They've had a string of great quarterbacks. You you could throw Hertz into that and they're winning. So there's some value there. Now, what, if he tanks out, he takes out, and it's going to change the way that these guys do things. And that's what Brendan's saying about a market correction. It's going to happen. I mean, uh-huh. How about this? Who's, do, who's do, to say Spencer with- Rattler ends up being what everyone says he is anyways? I mean, do I still you, have my doubts about him. Do you agree with this premise? Kyle Hamilton would have made more NIL if he had gone to Georgia instead of Notre Dame. Kyle yeah. Hamilton would have made the same amount of money um, going to Georgia or Notre Dame in the NFL, and Kyle Hamilton would make more money after the NFL by going to Notre Dame than he went to, than going to Georgia. I think he makes more money going to Notre Dame than Georgia. I don't even think that that's he, a question. And here's an and here's another here's another I thing think to add on. So to many more opportunities it, in it Atlanta all, than there are in South Bend. But I don't think that it's about. I don't. It's think not just it's about, about local. It's not just about local. Yeah. It's not just about local issues here or local companies, and that's to say too is like. How much is how much is, does he want to work that marketplace? Like I mean, some of these guys, Keaton, like where's Keaton Slovis' this big deal? Why hasn't Keaton Slovis signed a big big nil contract yet with anyone? Because frankly, Keaton Slovis is, I guess, hyped as one of the what ten best returning quarterbacks in college football this I mean, year. Is it possible he's one of se- those I want to focus on the season guys? No, he went to USC. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, some of these guys aren't going to be, like, trying to make every dime they possibly can. So it's going to it's going to depend a lot upon the player himself, which is another great thing about it. They're going to kind of decide how much they're going to dip into it. Some of them don't. I mean, it's still work, whether it's it's easy work or not. It's still work. It's still a commitment instead of like going to this thing for two hours and, you know, making like you know, three, four grand. Yeah. You already made some money the other day. You're good to go. Maybe you just want to sit in the dorm and fucking play call of duty, you know, all night instead. I, I mean, just gaming. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of, there's, I think there's a lot of kids that are just going to be, that are going to be surfing this marketplace and they're going to decide 
whether they're not going to try to, I don't think they're going to find a large percentage that are going to try to get every single dime they can. There's, I mean, they're going to get a lot. Just, I mean, yeah, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell didn't sign a deal with Muscle Milk coming out of college, right? That was Brady Quinn. I I do think that <laughs> I do think that there's something to be said. Now I'm done. Now that was Bioflex. That was Bioflex. Yeah, I don't I don't remember what uh, Brady. No, Jamarcus Quinn Russell never milk. said no to a cow. <laughs> no, not the not a cow that was cooked. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I think that. Notre Dame. How many how many uh, athletes does Colin Cowherd have signed to his podcast network? Is, it, is it just that he has, of a school that he guess, has consistently? I would say uh, a school that he's consistently ripped on. Four. Does he right. have four? I would say yeah. Oh, I would say college right, right, right. he has four. Yeah. yeah. I'd say in the NFL he's more, but he just he's just starting though too. Right, but uh, but that was the first one of a school yeah. from a school that he continued. Notre Dame has value; they have a lot of value. Do you want well, to know? I also think that there's something to be said about the fact that Kyle Hamilton was ready to go. You know, yeah. NIL came; the timing was right for him because he had oh, he basically sure. had everything set up. Right. One of Notre Dame's biggest strengths in this NIL thing too is that they're not regionally tied to a location. Um, so like Ohio state, the word it's Ohio's in there. So you're already out of Michigan. And I mean, you're not out of Michigan, <laughs> but like the, there is no regionality behind the name Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame could be in, um, I mean, it's a cathedral in Paris. I, Notre Dame could be anywhere. It's a, it's it's a high school in Southern California. It's a high school. All over, It's a high school in, it's a college in, in Maryland, Michigan. It's a college in Maryland. It's a preparatory school down in the college uh, in Texas, right? Dublin, so Ohio. not Dublin. Where is it in Ohio? What's the name of the town? Euclid. Which town, buddy? Notre Dame College. Oh, yeah. Over, yeah, over it, in uh, over by Chicago, uh, it Cleveland. Is, it is so ubiquitous and so like free of being confined to any one region. There's like, there is a nationalness to the, just the fact that it's not tied to a state um, that I think certainly helps in a lot of regards too. I don't think that that gets played up enough um, that it's not Texas. It's Notre Dame. It's not, it's not a state. It's it. There's something special about that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what you're, what we're saying. I mean, I don't, Notre Dame is positioned Absolutely fine, NLI. Yes, I think they're more than fine. I think that they have a lot of. NIL, sorry. How this, how we we, I mean, it's all intertwined. I mean, we went from let's talk about conference realignment and how this, how this looks and all that, and we came hustling towards uh, money, NLI stuff. It's it it all it's all hand in hand. I mean, all this stuff is hand in hand. So if you're wondering how the hell we got there, like I was, it's all hand in hand. It all shakes out about what what your value is as a person and as a program. And that's that's what's happening. Question I think for you. your name right now is positioned just fine to continue to be standing alone. Question for you. Does NIL make it? more difficult for people to get an autograph from their favorite player? Uh, yes. I hope not. 
Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, anything, le- anything less than what, anything Kyle less than the status quo is more difficult. Kyle so you will have that, like, he, he, you know, when he was a freshman, somebody would throw 10 pictures in front of his face of, you know, of him playing or whatever, and he'd sign all 10 and not think twice about it. He was just glad that somebody wanted his autograph or whatever. And then his mom would say, you know, they're trying to sell him for 150 bucks on, on eBay or whatever. And he got real soured by the experience. And her suggestion was that you only sign for little kids, but that's kind of impossible too. Like you can't just, you can't make sweeping. Well, those guys, like those guys use kids too. Trust yeah, me. Those guys will use kids. Right. Exactly. I can't, so. stand, I can't stand sports memorabilia people. I really can't. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're one of those people. I'm sorry. I just, again, just like advertising, I'm not a big sports memorabilia. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I am not that guy. It does not, it does not move the, the needle for me any direction. And the fact that over the course of decades and decades and decades, these college players have been exploited to make those, those type of people money and them nothing. Fuck that shit. I just, I, I didn't care. I don't care. I don't, I have a beautiful picture of, of Rick Meyer right now in front of me. I don't care if it's signed or not. That doesn't that doesn't add any value to me. Looking at that picture, I see a game I watched with my father. That I'll never yeah, forget. I guess there, I, I do have I do have good memories of being a little kid and getting an autograph from from a, a football player that I admired. You know, I saw I met Jim Burt at a uh, at a card shop in, in my in my hometown, and he signed like. You know, one of those like basically palm card sized uh, pictures of himself, and that meant a lot to me as a seven year old. You know, okay, and, and okay, paid, that makes sense. It was a paid appearance because he was an NFL player or whatever. But like, right? But if, you, if, but that, you if that's that. the, if that's the if that's the only way you can get a Kyle Hamilton, you know, it's like I'm sorry, I don't sign for anybody. Come to my, come to my thing. Like, I feel like a little bit, a little bit lost there. Right. I think I think well, I think nowadays, too, I think maybe it's it's so quick just to pull out your phone and get a selfie. And I I guess as a kid and I'm talking about anybody under the age of, you know, 16, it, there's 12 to 16. Plenty of those kids have phones. It's just it's quick to pop it out. And I don't think you're going to find a player that's going to say no. Get a quick. It's a quick half second. They do it. Sure. Hell, it's easier. It's easier to sit there, sit there for a half second and smile than it is a set. And I think people take a lot of value out of that. In fact, I know that there's people out there that like, quote unquote, like collect selfies. Sure. For me as a kid, like, I know this isn't on the same level as a major college football program, but you know, growing up, I was around athletes as a little kid all the fucking time. My uh, uncle was the general manager of a of a minor league indoor soccer team. But as a kid, you know, I didn't equate that to being like so far down the rung. It was like, these are guys, these are guys who are athletes, you know, playing sports for a living. I looked at them in the same light as I would an NFL player, all that. And just being around them, being able to talk to them. I like those experiences meant more to me than, than any autograph ever would have just, you know, just being able to like shoot the shit for like a minute or so. Uh, actually I had one, uh, I used to make them make stupid bets and I wouldn't win money off these guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, I don't think the kid, the kids, the kids, the children, 
I don't think they're going to suffer much here, but I do, I do hope that the sports memorabilia people suffer uh, to the fullest. Because fuck that shit. They've they've milked they've milked that fucking cow for decades, and it's just again, it's one of those things I don't understand because I don't care. Uh, but whatever. Like I have, you know, I do have a signed item. I have a couple signed items that I adore. Uh, I have a mini gold helmet that my brother-in-law gave me <laughs> that Charlie Weiss signed. Oh my God. I love fucking love that because it's Weiss. Like I would get rid of the Holt signed one before the Weiss one <laughs> because, be, because of the comedy gold. I, that's me. That's the kind of, per- I, I don't expect me. Everyone out there is like me. They would, you know, throw that in the trash and be like, put Holtz's thing up on a, but no, I get rid of Holtz's thing. I keep Weiss's around cause it's fucking funny. And it's kind of like a reminder of like the comical nature of that whole era. Um, I don't know. It's just like, it's just random. So I, I have a, uh, the Ku Klux Klan book, Notre Dame and the Klan. Like, I don't have a lot of signed books. I, I saw that bought it and I didn't even realize the author was sitting right there. He's like, Oh, you want me to sign this? I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. That's cool. Because I just think that book was fucking great. I, I any book talking about the clan getting their asses kicked. Sounds like, <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a cool thing to me. And the fact that this, you know, the author had it cited, that's cool. Uh, but it just, all that stuff just seems so like, I just don't care, man. I never, I'm not a celebrity chaser. I did I just I don't care. I don't get stars. I don't get starstruck. Like if if a former president or a current president was in the same room as me, I would be I'd have butterflies in my stomach. That's a world leader. That's that's big. That would that. But like I don't give a shit if you know Mitch McConnell's doing fucking lines of blow next to me. I don't care. <laughs> I, if it was. Barack Obama and he was in the room with me, I would have serious questions about who authorized the 2015 sale of the only Wu-Tang Clan cop. I'm glad you went that direction. (laughs) I thought you were going to do drone strikes or something. You know that. Hey, we're saying all that. You know that just just got seized by the government, right? Yeah. And I'm pissed about it. As... The the best the, actually that's not even the best federal seizure that happened this week. Did you read about the other one? Mm-hmm. Uh, what could be better than Once Upon a Time in Shaolin getting seized by the government because the government decided to sell Little it? Little Wayne's the Carter Five they also got uh, right. Yeah, all, no, the best thing that, that the best thing that got seized by the government this week. This should be a series. <laughs> was a stolen cuneiform tablet. Oh yeah, that was of the epic of guilt. Of the Epic of Gilgamesh from fucking Hobby Lobby, who was smuggling this shit in because of the all the craziness going on over the Middle East and the whole black, that 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 shit's wild over there with the ancient artifacts. They got it over here, and it's just listen. I don't know if I should go there, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> so the CEO of Hobby Lobby, super conservative. Christian evangelist person. And the fact that it's the Epic of Gilgamesh makes it even sweeter because this is a, this is a story from ancient Samaria about 2000 that predates the Bible by about 2000 years or thousand years or some shit like that. 
a long time before that is basically the same stories as what is what's in Genesis. <laughs> so it's like it's what atheists use to like prop up why they don't believe in Christianity. <laughs> and the fact that the Hobby Lobby guy had this and it got took back from the US government. There's nothing that's just fucking gold. That's just funny good stuff. Just say it. That was that was good. I I didn't like the fact that the that they got the Wu Tang thing because Method Man wants it back. But he ain't, I mean he's like a drop a dime for it. He just wants it back, but they won't give it to him. Well, didn't didn't one of the members try to purchase it back? Um, and the and the and it was wasn't allowed to because of some sort of contractual obligation. Uh, yeah, I th- I don't think the amount was very high though. No, okay. Like I. I, the the number seven sticks out like a story. I I want to say it's like seventy thousand or something like I, I want to say it was like a really small number for what it that big yeah right but it makes sense of it I mean it's Wu Tang I can see them like like look motherfuckers the seventy thousand just take it give me back my shit oh god damn what a curveball we just threw there ah uh, so. To sum up, college football is fucking wild right now. <laughs> it is absolutely wild. It is, it is wild, and there are. It's all about gaslighting. It's all about crazy shit. It's about doomsday scenarios. It's about greed. It's about clicks. It's about all sorts of shit going on right now that we have no way of remotely understanding is what what's the what's going to be and five months let alone next week or six years uh it's wild something that we think we might know about though there's Notre Dame's shamrock series uniforms <laughs> we think we know we think we know now I, I i made sure i put it up on the site he's I, I remember that day in june getting the, the tweet from someone like, I just saw these in the fucking store. Are these the Shamrock jerseys? And they were very easy to dismiss. Like, no, dude, those, those can't be. Because as, as one of our commenters on the website said, it looks like something you'd purchase at Kmart. It does. Yes. Yeah. And now I'm leaning, we're, I'm leaning completely the other way. Said, I'm pretty, I'm damn positive these are it. Yeah. Like, I'm 98.4% sure these are it. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's I, it's up on this site right now. You just, it's on the front page. It's easy to see the We don't know the full detail. I, I saw a message board post from someone who kind of like confirmed that these were it. And that Notre Dame was planning on next Friday unveiling these. Wisconsin unveiled theirs like what three weeks ago? Yeah, Maybe yeah, wow. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, all white. They did it, it looked like trash. Yeah, when they did it, it was it was all whites. And we, I had said at the time, and not very many people argue with me uh, against it. These were probably going to be the uniforms they were going to wear in 2020 in Lambeau. Right. Like the Chicago game is a home you- game. Right. But they're not going to throw away these uniforms. Right. Like these these things are made like a year in advance, so they already have these things ready to go. Right. So they're going to go ahead and use them. 
So that means that the the Shamrock Series uniform blues as an away team, which is weird. Right. Right. Well, it all makes sense. Wearing whites as the home team. Right, but they're wearing the whites because they're wearing the uniforms they were going to wear in Lambeau in 2020. Like, those were already made, so they're just going to use the ones that were already made. There is just, no, there's no way that this was the jersey they were going to wear in Lambeau, right? Oh, no, yes. I, I, th- I think so. I, think I so. absolutely think so, 100%. 1,000%. Weren't you the one who showed the similarities between this and the, the Packers? Um, sleeve stripe? No, it looks exactly like um, Jerry Faust's uniform. Like no, it looks spot way on more like the Packers the arms, with the arm stripes, complete yeah. with the the coloration on them. It's not no, the it's, a, it's a Packers like look, but but here's the thing, we don't know what any uh, anything else looks like. Like I, I I mentioned to the boys before we started recording that I think the the pants I think we're, there's a pretty good chance the pants might be white. It, the only way it's going to have any sort of Packers tie is the helmet. Is that they have some sort of play on? Well, the- and there's a helmet floating around right now. So I'm actually people hate this jersey because it looks like a Walmart type brand jersey. But here's the thing: yeah. they always look better than players. Exactly, and right there, I don't wear fucking. I don't wear jerseys. Like I'm not. I may live in Ohio, but I'm not wearing a hoodie. Uh, a hooded sweatshirt and a jersey on game days. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not my flair. Uh, a lot of people do. I, 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 I don't like the way jerseys look if they're not on pads. So I don't really give a fuck what they look like when they're not on pads. I think this jersey, regardless of what it may, you may think it looks like just sitting there all by its lonesome, I think I was trying to imagine it on a set of pads, and I'm not finding too much fault there. It actually, I'm uh, thinking about it, seems pretty fucking clean to me. Like, it just looks like a blue and gold version of maybe an Ohio State uniform. You know what I mean? Like, as repulsive as that thought may be to some people, it doesn't mean that it's ugly or, or terrible. It's just a, it's, it just is what it is. I, I really want to see what these things look like on pads on a person. Because... So I, I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that. Yeah, I don't hate them right now. I want to see what the whole thing looks like, because right now to me it just looks like just some. This it could be like a Cowboys jersey for Christ's sake. I I don't fucking know. It just it just looks like a like a jersey ready to get put on pads. Let me see it on the person. But this would be hel- like if if they dropped the 2012 jersey and it leaked. The 2012 jersey leaked. And we were all like, oh, this just looks kind of like a, a cheap knockoff Walmart jersey. Because if you think about the 2012 jersey, it's kind of right. a cheap Walmart knockoff. And well, then we saw the helmet. That's funny. I've, there's there's message board. See, there's been message board posts I've been reading because I've just been eating this all up. Like someone like, yeah, this was this was something they did with the Cubs. No way they wore this. And then I was like, yeah, they fucking wore those things for a game. Like teams will wear some ugly shit, but it doesn't mean to have, listen. I want to see what the pants look like. I personally believe it's going to be white. Oh my God. There's also a helmet that's been floating around about the same, a little bit longer even than the, uh, than the original photo of these jerseys in a store of like a matte blue with a golden shamrock. I, I actually kind of like those. Oh, they're slick as fuck. Yeah. I mean, so in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, let me put this Jersey on pads on a person with some white 
pants and that helmet. And I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking like, you know what? I don't hate it. It's better than the fucking pinstripe uniform. Yeah. It's better than the, it's better than the things they wore against army in 16. There's a lot of things that I end up, as I'm looking at it in my mind, liking. So, so the, I, um, the Packers get between 97 to 2000 wore uh, three stripes, which is exactly what this would be. They were a five stripe team and they went down to three stripes. They were a six stripe team in 66, I think though. Oh, it was the six. I counted that, uh, I could be wrong. I'm not even sure how much that matters other than like, I'm a Packer fan. Just like the stripes on the arms feels Packerish. It, it also enough. feels very Chicago bearish to, to Brennan's point though. Cause the George Howes yeah, thing was always there. The GSH. Hey, what could be more Notre Dame than trying to placate two different fucking things? <laughs> but <laughs> I, I mean, mean, honestly, honestly, I 100, I, I don't have any independent confirmation of this, but I 100% believe these would have been the uniforms worn at Lambeau had that game not been canceled. Oh, absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind. No, there, there's too much evidence to point to it. The fact that this is the home game, quote unquote, for Wisconsin in Chicago, and they're wearing all, all whites. These are just, this is, this is shit they were going to wear last year. Yeah. Cause they're not going to waste the money on getting rid of all. They already have all the gear made up for it. And that's not just the stuff for the teams. That's the stuff that goes sold retail. So they're matching it up. They have all the shit to get rid of. They're going to wear the uniforms that help sell the retail shit that they have stocks of. That's just how. But, did, that's but wouldn't they have? Wouldn't they have also planned ahead to make a jersey specific to Soldier Field as well? It, it seems but, very short sighted. But yes, if you, going, if you well, start, yeah, but, yeah, but did they manufacture it? Back too. But, did, but did they manufacture it yet? Yeah, I'm if, sure if that they had the design. But did one, they manufacture? It? Are you going right. to put this one on the shelf for six years and never use it, or are you going to just do one exactly. in six years? Because in By six years way, you ain't gonna use that. Six, you ain't gonna you're, use that. You're it's not gonna, gonna use it because you're not gonna be you're, you're not gonna be Under Armour, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be out of date anyways. I mean, I couldn't imagine wearing the Under Armour uniforms from 2014. Like they they change these things throughout the time, so it's just it almost seems like ancient shit. You know, five six years later, this these jerseys, the ones that Wisconsin and Notre Dame were wearing. Were the are absolutely the ones that they were going to wear in Lambo. They had all the retail stuff already made up for it. They got to get this shit out of the warehouse. Yeah, there, there's a lot of. So, I have no doubt about Just that. Just ship it to Africa, like <laughs> losers of the Super Bowl, and pay your designers well, that you were going to do for the next jersey what you were going to pay them. Well, Under Armour right now is doing nothing but trying to save as much money as they fucking possibly can. So they're not they're not really in the mood of shipping uh, shirts over to the sedan. And that's so it's a story. That Under Armour to, they just totally overextended themselves with these deals. Is that what happened? You know, it, they never once said anything about being overextended. They just said they wanted to rest, which doesn't mean that they weren't. Right. But they wanted to restructure their cash flow and their marketing dollars and which is a which is basically it's an average sponsoring a college football team is is, is just an ad deal basically but and, it's, and you've already you're on record as saying you hate ad deals right <laughs> it's most base form 
And he's also on record so the, saying he owns a lot of Under Armour. <laughs> I do. I do. It's cheap. And it, it does just fine for me. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I I don't care. I feel like Under Armour uh, was such a hot commodity. Like I felt like everybody was wearing Under Armour in 2014. They were. It, and I feel like nobody wears it now. <laughs> but you're absolutely correct. Whatever happened, whatever, whatever bad decisions they made to stunt their growth and to, and to watch Adidas jump, jump them again, no one's going to beat Nike out. It just ain't happening. Nike's king for life. Just a, Unless, unless Phil Knight is caught, like, I can't even say those things on a podcast. That's how bad it would have to be for Nike to go down. Adidas jumped Under Armour. That's what happened, period. For whatever reason, they got, Adidas got better. They upped their game. People like them better. Now they're the cool thing. Is, is Jumpman a subsidiary of Nike or a completely independent brand? I want to say it's a subsidiary. I'm not. Someone asked me that question today. I think on Twitter or on the site or something. Like I, I missed the whole Jumpman thing. I thought that was just Nike. It's under the umbrella of Nike, but okay. it's a separate entity, I believe, under the umbrella of. But I mean, like, if, the, if if they bid, would would Nike have a bid and Jumpman have a bid? No. Like, is it I possible Nike I, they would they, they would not bid, they would not bid against each other. Okay. You know. It basically be like, do you want to be a Jumpman school or do you want to be a Nike school? You go, oh, you want to do this? Okay, we'll go this route. Now, look, if Notre Dame would ever put a basketball player on their on their football uniforms, I would go straight up fucking Frank Dukes. It would be blood sport for me. You did mock uh, whoever signed that deal right in the junk. I just yes, because I I I would couldn't no. That would be. F- Whoa, that'd be fucking terrible. But if you went but to no, Notre Dame, then that'd be completely fine, right? I mean, I no, no, oh, God, wow. I, a basketball player should not be on any college football uniform. The fact that UCLA is now jump man, Michigan, I make fun of them for this shit. Well, no, no, I no, mean, no, that makes sense because North, North, Car- North Carolina gets to and UCLA is off. North Carolina gets to because that's their guy. Like UNC, that's Jump Band's a great brand for them because that's their fucking guy. Everybody knows who that is. I do. Do you want Michael Jordan on? I, I don't. I don't care. No, it that's makes sense if you're if you're a basketball school. If you're a basketball school, you should have you should have a, a basketball man on all of your uniforms. Be it be it. But that's football not to say you can't work or, out it either, where your where your football is Nike and your basketball is Jump Man either. Oh, oh well, I mean. That's, I mean, Michigan's uh, not a football school, so it's fine that they have a basketball man on the football school. jersey. They're a basketball school. That's they fine. That's cool. They can do whatever they want. I'm just going to make fun of them regardless. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Josh, as we've have, said over, right. over and over again about uniforms, it's not about what us 42-year-old olds want. No, it's absolutely. about what the 18-year-old kids absolutely. want, right? Absolutely. And I and wrote that in, in my article uh, today Actually, about that is one thing I, I was surprised you didn't mention in your article was the the, old, the complaint I hear the most about Under Armour is that the shoes suck. It's not so much about the fit of the uniforms. It's, it's so here's shoes. Here here's what I, here's why I excluded that from the article. Okay, and you'll you'll love this. Okay, I was lazy. I didn't <laughs> want to go look at the. I didn't want to go look at the data because I can't just sit there and trash their shoes. Because number one, personally on my end. I've never had an issue with them. 
I know that there is talk of more injuries with Notre Dame, uh, certain types of injuries with Notre Dame players since they went to Under Armour shoes. That requires digging up data. And I, at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, I did not care about that data at that time. We've talked about it before enough. I, so that was it. I just, I, yeah, I, yes, I, I, I treat it as conventional wisdom. I've never actually done any data searches. On yeah. This. No, the, I, well, I mean, that's, I would have to like, look at like injuries from 2014 to, to you know, 2020. Ain't nobody to, that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, man. I don't have to. I just, I know people say that they suck and it's people that I would trust. Like I'm not out there trying to play a fucking football game against Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but, but so, but my, so my Under Armour experience don't mean shit. I mean, yeah, it's fine for me because I'm just out jogging or hiking or what. I mean, I'm not, it's fine, <clears throat> but there's plenty of people who have said, and not just like with Notre Dame, it's like other experiences about how bad their cleats are, like their athletic gear, like they're getting out of the lacrosse game because, because of this, the, the professionals shit. So yeah, their shoes, people don't like their shoes. And it's not just a style thing. It's a, it's an actual performance thing. So, so yeah, man, I'm like, like I said, like I said, in the article, I said, I really, I have no personal beef with Under Armour at all. And Jude's absolutely correct. In 2014, they were absolutely the up and coming brand to be the number two to Nike. That's all anyone could ever try to do. Whatever brand you are, all you're trying to do is be the number two to Nike. The Nike slash Jumpman. You were trying to be Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Right, Pepsi. You were trying to be the Pepsi to Coke. That's a bad analogy because Pepsi is better than Coke by far. But no, 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 it's Josh. Coca-Cola market is the, capitalization. Yeah, the largest brand I know, in the world. I know what he's saying. You're not, but you're, you weren't going to get me to say it. <laughs> who, who has code red, fellas? Pepsi. Thank you. Pepsi. So we will I'll not have that later, but I know I know what you're saying here. It's when you have like just the king brand, which yes, Coke has been the king soft drink brand um for decades and decades and decades. And it's not even close. Someone's someone gets to be that number two. And the number two is a good spot. Like that's yeah. not a shit spot. That's a if great If you're spot. number two, then you can have a commercial where you solve um, racial injustice by handing a police officer a Pepsi. Yeah, and number and listen, and number one. Thank you, Kendall Jenner. They Thank want that number two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you, you know you want to be bur- you want to be Burger King behind. You want to figure out who number two works for. You would say Burger King's number two. Are who you fucking crazy? Two Who's number two, Josh? Who's number one? McDonald's. It's McDonald's, and it's not even remotely close. It's not even Look, remote. Exactly. Play. Yeah. But you would put Burger King at number two. Who's number two? In terms of market share? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I would think so too. Who's number two if not, huh. if not Burger two. King? Who's number huh. two if not, if not Burger King? Yeah, who does number two work for? <laughs> you tell him, buddy. You show that to his boss. Huh. Yeah, we got you stumped on on the. I guess I, I guess I've never 
thought of it that way. Okay, so I just looked up Ted like, Vegas, like, like, Ted Vegas restaurant companies. They're putting Starbucks as number one. I would totally not count that. McDonald's is number two. Yum China Holdings, number three. So Yum, that's 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 KFC, that's Taco Bell, Taco, Taco Bell, Bell Pizza Hut. But yeah, but I guess I was I was thinking about that too. Like, are we talking about burger joints? Yeah, burger joints or yeah. fast food yeah. joints. I was just thinking in terms of like. I mean, McDonald's is you know food company. They're a real estate company. Well, yeah, that's true because they have the most uh, real estate locations. Yep. I mean. I know how much you guys you love your Darden restaurants. Yeah. What's your lovely. favorite meal ever at a at a Bahama Breeze? Um, can't say I've been one. I always see them on the but, on the gift cards that I get, and I'm always list like, off, huh, maybe list I'll off go to the Darden brands. List off the Darden brands. Chili's Garden. No, no, I I've ate the, listen, I have ate at Olive Garden one time in my life. Long it's the only reason house. I get to talk shit about them. Is because if I had, is because I had to get that experience, which was awful. So Olive Garden, okay. nah. Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah. Oh, Longhorn's good. Seasons Fifty Two, Eddie V's and Yard House. Now I will tell you that Darden used to have Red Lobster, but I don't believe that they have it anymore. That's what I was waiting for you to say, and I. I don't believe they have. It I was anymore. gonna do. I was gonna defend Red Lobster, much to uh, our friend Domer MQ, who I've. I've never seen anybody talk more shit about Red Lobster than yeah, in him. In 2014, they sold Red Lobster to Golden Gate Capital. Okay, okay. Longhorn's not bad. I mean, I would, I, it, I wouldn't, it would never be like in a top 15 pick of me deciding to go. Yeah, we to have go a there, Longhorn but. in our town, and I've been like one time. I just, it's, it's fine. It's, it's across the street from the Texas Roadhouse, which I always find so funny too. Oh yeah, I think they, that's on purpose. But I just I, I don't That's need a, either one of them. <laughs> I worked at a Texas well, Roadhouse. I, mean, I was a prep chef. It was fun times. I'd yeah. rather eat at a Longhorn than a, than a Texas Roadhouse. I do. I mean, I'd rather. I mean, I would go to somewhere else, but for <laughs> for that type of food. But I mean, between the two, I, yeah, I I would say Longhorn's better in Texas Roadhouse. I'd rather just make Excellent. my own steak. It's cheaper and it tastes better. And it I mean, does really, taste better. Yeah. The only the only difference is the breads. I'm not doing that. No, I'm not oh, uh, Darden also owns Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen. Do you have a oh. Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen area? No, I've never even heard of a Cheddar's. <laughs> you never heard parents, of a Cheddar's? I think my parents have one of them. That's my sister in law, my sister in law worked at a Cheddar's when she was in college in Finley. There's a Cheddar's in Fort Wayne that I've had. Several very bad dates. At. <laughs> no, like like a complete bomb. Maybe it's because it was a fucking you know what that we went you know to, what? but they're just a bomb dates. Your three beautiful children and your wife are fortunate that Cheddar's was able to provide an awful <laughs> date locale so that they're. Absolutely. Absolutely. The children's I've, existence I've, and your wife's uh, right. happiness. How can uh, how can any choice I've ever made in my life been wrong when I have the three beautiful children I have? Right? <laughs> no choice. Right? Every bad every bad move, wrong move, whatever I made uh, prior to my kids, it was all lead up to them. So how can it be bad when it when, gets something this good? When's Dylan going to get his own Instagram? <sighs> Fuck, I hope never. That might be <laughs> 
When, a, when are we going to get an Instagram of just Dylan doing poses? <laughs> well, the, so the boys are in football Josh's class this Instagram. week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's just such a natural. But the boys are in football camp this week. And it's so funny watching the two. There's there's three groups there. And Dylan's only going to be in kindergarten. But because he's Dylan, they it's it's just for first or second grade. They let him be in the camp anyways, even though he's not old enough. Oh, that's cute. So so he's in that group, and then Ryan's over with the with the fourth and fifth graders. And just watching those two, it just it cracks me up. Ryan's like really trying to like be cerebral about what he does. Like he's he's thinking about. <laughs> I'm like, Dylan's like, like hit kid with ball. No, he's a <laughs> fucking animal. He's just a, and not in a good way all the time either. He's just kind of like all over the place. And then next thing you know, you see him sitting down and you could, I can lip read. Someone say something like I'm hot. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's, you know, he's ripping his shirt off instantly. Like, hot. So like whatever team they said he's going to be on, he's going to be on skins. Cause his shirt just goes fucking flying, <laughs> you know, within two seconds. Uh, it's been, it's been funny. So yeah, Dylan, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. We're tr- I'm trying to sneak him into a league. Uh, this fall that uh, that he's too young for too, so we'll see about that. I'll see how that works. But uh, back to the uniform situation. So we've mentioned a few times. I said Notre Dame has an Under Armour problem, and I absolutely believe it. Even though I'm I'm very careful not to like just pick apart Under Armour. Here's the thing that here's the thing I fucking hate, and I just I. If I was allowed to just punch people, I would. I really <laughs> yeah. would. Yeah. For I, I really would. Anytime I start seeing people like flip the fuck out about Notre Dame's uniforms and like blaming Under Armour, like, like, like Notre Dame didn't sign off on this shit. Like, and here's the thing: they'll use it to say this is why we should have Nike. Like Nike's never bombed a fucking uniform before. Oh my god! Did yes. Under Armour sign off on that three quarters zip that they call the helmet in 2012? Because I believe that was Adidas. Adidas, yeah. But that's my point. Like when it comes to alternates, everybody bombs some, everybody wins some. Sure. That's just how it works. As far as Notre Dame's traditional uniforms, I think Under Armour's looks great. Yeah. That's not to say Adidas could have done a good job still, or that Nike wouldn't have done a great job. But if you're looking at the, the company itself and saying, are you doing a good enough job with their uniforms? They look great. When it comes yeah, to alternates, would... when it comes to alternates, everybody fucking, everybody has that, those terrible. Nike has plenty in their fucking closet. Trust me. But people use that as like a reason why to leave. Like that's not a reason. I want to fucking punch you in the face. Like, what it boils like, down to is they want that Lou Holtz nostalgia. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to uniforms is they want the hooker gold pants. And then they want those shitty gold helmets that you didn't notice that they were shitty because it was on standard definition television. And I was going to say, tell. I don't know why people whine for those helmets. They're terrible. They're awful. They're very, drab. they're so bad by the end of it. When Jimmy Clausen, you guys are doing nothing but getting me hate mail. Our when hate Jimmy Clausen was running out there in a Navy helmet, and that 2009 season, I had enough. Like that—that that wasn't even—that wasn't even remotely gold. Why do people hate like those helmets? I just don't get it. 
I don't even. I, I, helmet, I nowadays it's all fifteen times better than that helmet. And the pants I are get, great. People love the love the hooker pants. And the I don't want the radio numbers either. I don't want those Charlie Rice radio numbers. I want. Oh God, yeah. So again, I'm looking right. I'm looking right at uh, the snowball picture as we speak. Rick Meyer, looking at looking at you, Reggie. And first of all, those helmets aren't as shiny as the. They're still dullish, and they flaked like a motherfucker. Yeah. They had. They had those gold trim collars. They had the gold. I, I mean, the only good thing about them is the numbers. I like the number font on the old jersey. Yeah, it's a good number better font. Than, and it's big. Better it's than what big. we have now. It, well, it's big and it's short. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not. It's fat. They're fat numbers. I like yeah. the fat numbers. They look. I, I like those. But it's just like everything now is so much better, and it's. Especially the the pants thing is what gets me every time, and people start screaming out tradition. Like, I want to physically rearrange your nostrils. And I even I mean I even put a fucking post together. Like, look look at these goddamn pants. Look at these pants from these eras. None of them match the goddamn helmet. They're not supposed to. The helmet is the dome. The pants are not a part of the fucking to represent. Aren't supposed to represent the dome. It doesn't make any sense why why you want that. You want you like that because we were winning. We won a national title on those, and that's all you can think of. And everything Holtz did was traditional and look, and so it becomes a tradition to you. And it's not the tradition of the school. The pants color they have now is exactly about. It is almost dead nuts about what they had back when Theismann was quarterback, back when Montana was This is what they're supposed to look like. The Pantones, the actual color codes that Notre Dame uses as their official colors, they match dead fucking nuts. Dead nuts. It's it's, it's almost exactly what Notre Dame is asking them to do. It's almost like Under Armour is bending over backwards for Notre Dame. To provide them right. exactly what they want. And all that's to say, I'm not trying to like sell Under Armour here. I'm just <laughs> saying they're like to Make like go up in arms to go up in arms about a company that has done nothing but try to do everything that Notre Dame has wanted seems silly to me. Now, do I think Notre Dame should move in a different direction? Absolutely. And the reason why and the reason why is because why I may not give a shit. Lots of kids do, and that is all that really fucking matters to me. I don't care if there's a swoosh on the jersey or a UA or a three-stripe or a fucking pony or an NB or if Aeropostel decides that they're going to be the hottest company in the world. Whatever the kids think's great, that's what should be on there. What doesn't help you in recruiting hurts you. What doesn't help you fucking hurts you. Under Armour is not helping Notre Dame in recruiting. So that hurts them going recruiting against other schools that have the Nike and all that that the kids like. I, I know I know UA was hot that in deep. 2014, but to give them a 10-year deal when so much of the landscape changes in a five-year period just seemed, in hindsight, ridiculous. Well, it seems, 
in, in hindsight, it seems short-sighted. Yeah, let's 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 leave some money on the table and do a short a shorter amount of years because then you have more flexibility to go if if it, if somebody's not delivering what you want to do something. So you're Different. flipping the script on your ACC take then. What's my ACC? What's take? that? Well, your ACC take was that it was a good idea for them to sign like a 37-year contract. Oh, I didn't say that. To... Josh said that. Josh said that? Right. Oh, no, no, I said that. Deal. Yeah, I said that's terrible. Money-wise, it's terrible. But stability... I'm ideologically consistent. I don't know what Josh is doing. No, stability-wise, <laughs> well, I'm able, to, I'm able to think about four different things at once, which I, I do consistently. I'm just teasing. But stability-wise, it, it helps them out a lot. Have ACC having that long deal money wise, no, it doesn't, but it does put the clamps on it. So, as stability as, wise, is there anything with Notre Dame having an agreement with a company that's trying to get out of? Oh, at this no, point? That, they should they should never be in an apparel deal that's longer than five years ever, unless the money is so sweet. And I think at the time, though, it was it was the largest it's deal fine, in, yeah. in college, but then Michigan the next year. And it was, well, no, it, it was Cal, it's, right? Or something that left him pretty quick. Or UCLA? No, it was UCLA. UCLA. My bad. And it was, it was by a mile too, by like five miles, which they're out of that deal now, by under, the way. Under Armour ditched them. Under Armour ditched UCLA, Cal, Cincinnati, Boston College backed out. Uh, Hawaii is gone now. The roster is going down. Under Armour is getting out of this game. Like even they're not even going to put up a fight when this contract's over with. These deals, by the way, like Michigan signed a 15-year deal with Jumpman for $174 million. These deals are all like that long. But I think if you're Notre Dame, if you're Notre Dame, if you're Alabama, I don't even think Michigan had to. They just did. I think you could sign a shorter-term deal. But maybe the stability, maybe, maybe, they, maybe the ADs, the fucking presidents, they don't want to fucking deal with this shit every few years. You know, a long-term deal means it's out of sight, out of mind. It's just who you are now. And just think about how ingrained Under Armour is within the Notre Dame uh, sphere. It's on fucking, it's on everything. Everything. Not just your apparel. It's on the background for the press conferences. It's, it's everywhere. It, it's, it's another arm of the university. And the deal that they made included all this stock and all this other shit. So it was a it was a different kind of a deal at the time. But all that doesn't matter in a few years because I can almost guarantee you they're not going to be with Under Armour at, after this deal's up. Be with they just they, number one they can't because they're just they're hamstringing themselves, and number two. I'm not sure if Under Armour wants to keep doing this. Maybe that changes in a couple of years for them, and then they'll be like, "Okay, we're gonna put up a keep putting up a fight here." But I could see schools like South Carolina, Auburn. I don't know what their deals are. Uh, Matt Brown, subscribe to Extra Points because we might even we might be sounding like fools right now. Matt Brown has this shit down to a fucking science on all these apparel deals. He's got a FOIA list up for every fucking FOIA he's filed which has apparel contracts in it and you can go in and look, you know, look at all that. I, I looked at the Hawaii one, uh, last night, uh, for just a, a wee bit. Um, uh, if they win a national championship, they get a $50,000 bonus 
from Under Armour. Oh. Uh, I don't know why they just didn't have like a $20 million bonus. This is never to happen. Um, right. Under Armour stock. <laughs> Under Armour stock price on April first, two thousand sixteen, was forty dollars and eighty cents per share. Today, it was trading at seventeen forty-five. They've lost a ton of money. Seventeen forty-five. Seventeen forty-five. When was the forty-dollar price? April two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Someone challenged me today on the site. They said. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't an asshole about it either. I just, he says, UA stock doesn't appear to be unstable. This is a bit of a sky is falling article, in my opinion. And I just, I wrote and said the company well, ditching one sponsorship after another is the unstable part, not just college athletics. You know, watch I, out for I that will, sky guy. I will say in April of 2020, it was $7.66. So I guess support from, from the perspective of a year ago, it looks a lot better. Perspective of five years ago, it looks a lot worse. Right, but people they signed it in 2014, so that's what we got to look this at. This isn't the this isn't a family on uh, on Moose Argon Boulevard. All right, <laughs> this is these are corporate entities. They they think past six months in a five year span, six year span. That's this is fucking dude. They were disastrous. Disastrous. The all time high Under Armour stock closing price was fifty two dollars and five cents on September seventeenth, two thousand fifteen. On June, on June or on July third, they were trading at eight dollars and eighty-two cents. July third of this year, twenty twenty. Oh, twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah. But but see, dumping those sponsorships helped their cash position, which helps yep. increase the stock price. So, which is a big reason why that they had they're dumping these guys for a reason because they needed to get their stock prices back up. I mean, they're. They were getting seven dollars. You're getting yourself in a position for a fucking takeover. I'm not a finance person, so I might be talking out my ass. But anytime you see a big company that has a lot of fingers and a lot of pies and is can be valuable under the right circumstances, gets their stock price low. Bigger company comes in. You know, I was born in 1978. I saw the 80s as a kid. This is what happens. So if you're, I'm sure there's plenty of Notre Dame alumni listening to the show. There's a lot of a lot of big time finance people there. If I'm fucking wrong, you can call me out on it. But it makes perfect sense to me. You have to reposition yourself to make your stock price not so valuable for people to come poach you. Is that Brendan? You know more about the stock market than I do, Jude. You do too. Does that sound uh, remotely right? I don't know anything. I'm an idiot. Diamond All I know is Ape Strong. Ape Strong. Diamond Hands Forever. Ape Strong together. Yeah. <laughs> H-O-D-L. Just hold. Uh, you don't lose right. money so if I, you don't sell Jude. So I just, that's correct. Josh. So I just spent about two minutes maybe making a complete ass of myself, but it makes sense to me. So, whatever. They're an unstable company. They're absolutely unstable. And if you're a, one of the biggest brands in college football, do you really want to be attached to an unstable brand? Uh, the answer is no, by the way. <laughs> if you, it's, it's rhetorical. No, they don't They they don't need that shit. Now if they put my team in white pants. I don't want to I don't want to I want to be like Texas where I can see Tyrone swoops each hair follicle on his butt cheeks every time he wears his white uniform. No, we just see every <laughs> drop of sweat from their ass. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, I did hate you, it. I, did you like? Did like, you like the stormtrooper uniforms in 2013? No. Oh. I hate him. Oh my god. No, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Whoa, no. whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I did like those, but those were Adidas. Th- those were white, white pants. They were white pants, but they were Adidas. P- pinstripes were white uh, pants too. No, those, well, uh, those were they had pinstripes. Too. But they had pinstripes. And the whole thing was just got awful. No, I think I mean bring it back to that. I, I think there's a possibility this could be Sneaky. This could be a sneaky good look. Yeah. Those Shamrock Unis. I know this goes against pretty much everything I've ever said on this podcast <laughs> and on the site, but because so many people were turned off by that picture of that jersey, and I get it. I totally get it. But I think if you take a step back and start doing what I did and pretending that you took a hit of acid and start piecing these things together, <laughs> yeah. I think. It could all right, man. I think you'd be all right. Just if, if, the yeah. helmet before the helmet before that you, you and I are talking about is so slick yeah, that both. I I love the it really look, could tie it in. Josh, before you die, do you know. think they'll you'll ever see Notre Dame play play a game in camo? Yes. Fuck no. No. <laughs> yeah, They're, for sure. You know what? No, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna die. And then the next season, they're going to fucking wear it. It's going to be full get up, too. And I'm going to be fucking dead in the ground. Will, there, will they have a little uh, memorial for you in the past? Well, that's why they're wearing camo. That's why they're wearing camo is because Josh died in <laughs> Dylan's is, uh, long snapping on senior day. Listen, Aww. if Notre Dame wants to pay, listen, so here's it. Here it is. If Notre Dame wants to pay tribute to me after I die. Yeah, you wear a full green camo getup against oh USC against USC, and you bring the fucking Jules Shalali out to the field. Yep, there it is. You celebrate that fucker as you run it up. Or uh, counterpoint, you open the season as is tradition against a Big Ten school, being Michigan State, and you wear the camo greens, and then you Ooh. just uh, rock, rock the greens the rest of the season, the whole season. Because that's what Notre Dame should do. Do you remember the I mean, Prince, Prince Shembo was bringing out the um, the what was it an axe? Oh, what was it a, a mallet? A it was like a little mallet against yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Um, you and me- they, remember they when? The, uh, why doesn't somebody bring out Will the was and crack it in your honor? Oh God, dude. Yeah, I'll have a list of things for you guys to do after I die. <laughs> My wife can't know about any of them. Uh, <laughs> I have a list of things for you guys to do after I die. But remember when Ty Willingham was just fucking trying anything? Remember how like all of a sudden Notre Dame was coming out with chains and like they had like the fucking eagle of fucking Rome coming out or whatever the hell that was. Like that big, big ass stick with the, I mean it had like Roman numerals and shit on it or whatever. I don't fucking know. It was nuts. Like they just all of a sudden had all this crazy shit. And here's me, a person who like loves this kind of stuff. Just like it's college football. So it should be goofy and fun. I'm looking at it like, what the fuck are you guys doing? But you're not winning <laughs> what a game. Is, what is this? I don't think we talk enough about uh, Brian Kelly during the 2016 season, trying to, to uh, get his sideline hyped by uh, rocking back and forth with the guys during what was it the Navy game. It was definitely a game. They lost. I thought quarter. about that the other day. 
I actually yeah. thought about that the other day. It was it the third yeah, quarter, think, Brendan. That feels right. I thought it was like the third to the fourth quarter switch. They were trying to steal that tradition. And it was like, uh, yeah, Pete Makwa or yeah. Ramsey Awesome or somebody weird. I, Doug Randolph running the point on that. Or <laughs> I rem- I remember everybody on the message boards losing their fucking minds about, and they were bashing Kelly for it. And I think even I was like rolling my eyes about it, but because I just thought about this the other day and i'm like looking back now hindsight god bless you brian kelly he was completely out of his element in that regard and it was just like you know what i'm gonna look like a fucking idiot but i'm gonna try my app i gotta do something well that's what you know he was i have to be maybe that is that's the cool thing about brian kelly is he did bk homeboy even though that is totally not his his thing right but the guys were like hey grab a picture with us or whatever he was and, crap dancing this year. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that shit was wild. That looked Russian almost. But no, at yeah. least in, at least in two in 2016, his body everything could have been different for Brian Kelly had he gone about it a different way. He could have just flat out quit, kinda. You know what I mean? Right. But he was busting. He was doing anything he could think of, thinking outside the box, doing whatever, even if it made him look like a fool you know, in a lot of ways, whatever he could fucking do to like keep the team together, to try to do, to do something. And he tried it. And so that is a little, that, that is actually foreshadowing for what happened after the season. When he was like, everybody tell me everything. We're making big changes. He was will. He's, he's not the guy. I think he, he's definitely not the guy people had him pegged out to be. And that, you know, between 2016 and 2017 seasons prove that. And, but that, that was foreshadowing. He's like, he's like, fuck it. I'm going to try something. We got to do something. And you know, it didn't work and it, it, it looked silly, but at least he tried. And then, if, but that tried, you know, that never say die, try hard attitude changed everything in one off season for Notre Dame. I mean, ever since then, Notre Dame has been on a, a ship up. I mean, we, you could even say we even fucking plateaued, basically. Which is, which is a lot better shape than we were in December of fucking 2016. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the just to finish out with the uniforms, Notre Dame, I, I don't know what these things are going to look like. I, 100%. I think they're going to be I think they might be fine. But the whole Under Armour thing, Stop blaming them for everything. Notre Dame sides off on this shit. And hopefully, though, Notre Dame moves away from them because that's do whatever the kids want is my that's my own thing. They don't want this. And if they want New Balance and Adidas mix like BC. I, I, I thought that was a joke. And then I see like I see players like kind of like that's fucking dope. Like, really? Like, all right. Well, I mean, I don't think so, but if you think so, then that's fine. I don't care. Uh, that's just, that's free Photoshop love from Brendan right there. Sign me up. I don't know, man. It's a, God, it's a wild time. We were a month away from college football action. And it's just like, this feels like May. This honest God feels like May. Uh, so maybe that's a good thing. Maybe all of a sudden the season will crawl up on us as the, as someone who runs the site 
I, I can't get caught in that attitude, though, because next thing you know, it'll be like, oh, shit, it's game week. I have no assignments handed out. <laughs> I have nothing figured out here. But it does. It feels like May, though, just the way everything is, is sitting around. So, I don't know. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's there's really nothing else going on. I mean, conference realignment, uniforms, and a few days away from August. That's what's going on right now. It's it's wild, absolutely wild. Recruiting has been it's it it is what it is for right now. It's silent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> recruiting is. See what I did there? Did you see what I did there? <laughs> I yeah. Recruiting is very silent right now. That's good. That's that's a good move. Means because um, there's all kinds of silent commits. <laughs> it's good stuff. I I did see. Uh, oh, Jude, I know you're gonna love this. I don't even know if you if you saw this or not. But we've kind of banked on like Jalen Sneed because he's like been blowing shit out of the water at these camps, like being like a five star candidate. And when they they just redid the rankings last week or a week and a half ago, and he actually dropped, <laughs> dropped a few spots. And of course, you know, fans lose their shit. They're ready to like just lynch Tom Loy. So oh. Loy brings on Gabe Brooks, national guy for 24 seven to like explain things. And it's everyone's like already heard basically like everyone's already heard this shit before. Like, well, he didn't really move down, you know, just other guys moved up. But this is a guy who like, dominated the camps that he was at and played better than any of the five-star linebackers he was around. But the, the, the short story is that uh, Brooks was saying that he doesn't, he doesn't have a verified 40 time yet, even though you're watching him out there, just dominate. Mm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the they'll have guys ranked high without the same. It's a total crapshoot. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's kind of funny. Like, why would you even, Try to explain yourself when you know goddamn well it's a crapshoot. Uh, so I don't know. That was that was a good time for a couple of days. Is twenty four seven trying to explain themselves? Hey, I know this is kind of inside baseball, but can we talk about uh, UHND doing our prop bets on their show? Because I, I found that whole segment to be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I just. We, uh, we, 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 we we all we have it noted for for posterity like like that's in a spreadsheet now right well first of all I felt like uh, they had a they had a guest on she was awesome uh, her name was Ashton um, she, first of all she really knew Ashton, her stuff I think she Ashton goes, Pollard she, she goes to Northwestern really, right you said Medill yes. journalism student yeah 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 she'll and trust me uh, for the rest of her life she'll let you know that she went to journalism school at Northwestern. <laughs> Just like the rest of them. Uh, uh, she was absolutely who is, great. Who is the most <laughs> Northwestern in your face uh, writer? And why is it Teddy Greenston? Greenstein? Oh, it is. I I really wanted to say Stu, but he doesn't really bring that up like that. Yeah. Teddy's all over it. Anyway, I I, um, I, I, my, my takeaway was they were a lot more agreeable than we were. Um, they were a lot nicer to each other than we were. Um, and uh, well, they had company. There, there was some, I mean, Frank, 
saying what Shane Simon was going to be uh, the leading tackler, right? Wasn't it Shane? No, Maris Louisville, right? Maris Louisville. Yeah. I was like, wow. I mean, say what, go yeah. watch those North Carolina highlights and, and you'll believe it. <laughs> I just watched the North Carolina game the other day and, and I'm like, God damn Louisville. Uh, the other thing that cracked me up was uh, was Frank constantly mentioning how much time they had elapsed in the show. Oh, I I told Greg, I'm like, tell Frank, tell Frank to stop worrying about the time. No one. Well, first cares. of all, I don't, I don't know what he was aiming for. Was he aiming for an hour because he flew right past that? Um, What's funny is I think like, we did that pod in like three and a half hours. Yeah, and they so did theirs in an hour going, and forty. Hour and forty. Yeah, I mean they were going quick. All things considered, <laughs> but um, I actually thought some of the arguments were were pretty good, pretty persuasive. Um, I, I love their enthusiasm about the upcoming season. Uh, I did not I, care for I did not care for their dismissal of Audric Estime. Greg, I'm talking to you. Uh, that was a dis, that was an attitude that I have not sensed in any of our messages. Uh, so, so just know that you're you're. Your dismissal was noted by me writing that so, down. I guess what I'm saying is if you listen to our prop bets and feel like you want to get our good friend Greg's take, uh, as well as his friends, um, check out the, what is it? Single high pod. Is that what it's called? Single, single high up yep, from UHND. Yeah, it's, the, it's the new, uh, newish podcast from UHND with a sweet Kyle Hamilton in intro. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And I, I hope we get Ashton on our show sometime because uh, that was fun. It was fun listening to, to someone who knows the, their stuff and really follows the team pretty closely and, and can speak. A young person, a, a young person. person. Yeah. Who can speak intelligently about the team. And um, it seems really excited and passionate about it. And which, when she was talking about her first games, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like in the mid two thousands, like, yeah. Huh. yeah. I mean, if your first game was 2003 Florida State, I don't even know how you became an Notre Dame fan. I mean, that's probably was, like what did she say? She was year. seven. Yeah. She was like seven years old. Like, that's huh. I I actually remember that game that 2000. I can't say on the pod why I know that game. Why that game sticks out to me so bad, but it was a game that I could not go to. Did you uh, watch it? <laughs> Did you watch it? <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was at my parents' house. Okay. Uh, so you weren't being detained by any authorities at the, at the present time. Not on that day. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you have a story about watching, what is it? A Penn state game from a, from a, yeah, two, a gym 2006, yeah. 2006, buddy. I got out of a wedding just to go to jail and watch the Penn State game. It was fucking great. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh so hard about this because this is probably not really a happy part of your life. But I really can't put the – I really should have put these things out into the uh, into the universe, out on the podcast. But if you ever if you ever meet me and ask me about it, I won't shy away from it. I'll <laughs> – <laughs> it's too funny not to, uh, but you know, I think my kids will listen to these at one point. <laughs> we'll just see some of the details. Oh. details out. <laughs> Sorry, Liv. You know, Sorry, Dylan. But it was great because, um, well, I mean that marriage didn't last anyways. So who cares? Uh, 
I had no kids. My wife was very pissed because uh, this was not her family. It was mine. <laughs> she actually went. Uh-huh. And people asked her where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just I'm just cool kicking it back, <laughs> watching watching the game. Oh shit! Yeah, that's uh, a that's a hard time to be an Notre Dame fan. 2003 Florida State's a hard time. Oh, that was I watched that game um, terrible early, earlier this year and was just. I think it was depressed. I put myself into a depression. Just their inability, to, their ability to get within the 10 yard line and then come away with zero points multiple times was just infuriating. Just infuriating. That's the only way, good way to explain that. I so. mean, but that's a, that's a Ty Willingham era in a nutshell though. I mean, yeah, Jesus, okay, yeah. we were winning, we were winning games with the defense. having yeah. all the score. Putting up, uh, putting up graphics on NBC about how many quarters it had been since the offense had scored a touchdown. I mean, just really just sad shit. Yeah, it was, I, I watched that. Um, oh, that 2002 Michigan game. And how big of a deal that was. Yeah. <laughs> to get that. To, I, and I, again, I, I, I say I talk about this a lot on the podcast. 2002, 2004 Michigan games. Complete fucking blurs to me. They're the same damn game. I. <laughs> I, 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 every story from both those games, uh, I couldn't tell you which one was which half the time. Ends with you rushing like the that. field in your puka shell necklace. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're cut off. Fain, uh, bear hug. Uh, <laughs> Tom, giving Tommy Z the fucking shit eye. Uh, man, he's short. Except, uh, would he have been there in both 2002 and 2004? No, no, he should have been there in 2000, I would have been 2004. Yeah. I which I think... So the 04 game was the game I found the cameras, which oh, I don't yeah. remember like two years that was ago. A cool story. That was a cool story. That was cool. two years ago. I, I found the people. I, yeah, that wasn't very, that was like not very long at all. It was amazing. Like it, I was missing like half of them. Like I have carried on to these like what, almost 20 years. Yeah. I've had these, these, these double prints of these two uh, disposable cameras that I found on the ground that day. And my wife was constantly pissed off that I had them, and I just would not get rid of them. I, I don't know why. There weren't anything great in them. But just, you know, Notre Dame students hanging out in their dorms, drinking, uh, hanging out, shit at the game. It was just, it, but this was back before iPhones, all that shit. These were disposable camera pictures. So you never know what the fuck you're going to get. Yeah. Which would be pretty fun. But yeah, I posted a couple of those pictures up and one of the girls was like, oh my fucking God. I'm like, yeah, I got these stack. And so then I was able to mail what I had left uh, to them. So they, they, they finally met their, their owner. Felt great. <laughs> it it justified you holding on to them for 16 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not that Carrie agreed, but... No, no, she just... Get this out of my house. All this junk you have. Like, I have like one tub here. What are you talking about, junk? <laughs> like 12 toasters. Did you just make your wife sound like Smeagol? <laughs> <laughs> that might be another thing I can't have the kids listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I just be curious. Smeagol. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Jude, what do you have left in the tank uh, to tell us? 
you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think I have anything. Uh, isn't that weird? That's weird. I don't, I don't. Nobody had a birthday. Uh, Charlotte um, had a birthday today. Oh, uh, my oh, God. first oh. birthday. On uh, the 29th. Was that today? It's been a year already? It is today now. At the time of download. She hasn't celebrated uh, at the time of recording yet. What do you do for a one-year-old for the party? You just get them wrapping paper. They love wrapping paper. Yeah, Yeah, well, now it's got them a bunch of stuff. See, now it's for the other kids. It's a party for the other kids. Yeah. I That's can't funny. believe Charlotte's won already. That's crazy. That went super fast. Right? It's super crazy. Uh, she's walking she's, and everything. It's uh, it's it's ridiculous. She's the most veteran, most veteran guest we've had on the show. Is she? Uh, she's yeah. she's been on a lot of sessions. She has been a lot of sessions. Is she? Um, is she off uh, breast milk slash formula now, or is she actually doing other things? Uh, well, she she eats other stuff. Um, she's she's still. Uh, we have a deep freezer stockpiled with, with so uh, she's gonna get it until, <laughs> until she'll it get it for weird. a while. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, not from the source, but she'll be getting it for a while. So, um, yeah, we're she's she ate spaghetti today. Um, Christy shited me because uh, Christy was like, "We got to cut up the spaghetti," and I brought over the scissors, the and she scissors. was like, "Get that oh. out of here!" Oh my God, I love it. You troll so hard. That's great. I try. <laughs> do you ever think uh, well, to yourself happy... like? Do you ever think to yourself like this? This joke would have killed if, if if Greg and Josh were sitting standing sitting in my uh, oh yeah kitchen right uh, now. That's that's my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did my wife we, did we officially about... lock it in that we're going to go visit Greg next year for the USC game? I, I felt like that was a. Uh, something we talked about but i don't know if we locked it in so Greg, i'm not sure if it's locked i'm not sure if it's locked in but i mean might as well okay. <laughs> my, my, did, did, has greg said if he's uh, come up for a game this year is he gonna come south at all you all have an open invitation to come if syracuse actually ends up playing in the dome you have an invitation to that'll come never happen literally the worst stadium that our name will play in <laughs> Um, and who, I will take you to Oneana for some cold cheese pizza. So you know what? That the might be worth the, the price hey, of the, the, the trip. Who's the serial killer uh, that was in Waterton? Oh, Shawcross. Right? Okay. Arthur Shawcross? Arthur. There it is. Yep. Yeah. The Waterton wankers, uh, they, they call him. <laughs> Waterton? <laughs> There's a W Watertown. There. Watertown wank. A lot of time. The, I think those, they're called the Rapids, the, the baseball team. Is that what you're talking about? Is there is there an accent up there? So there's a little you're, bit of a, You're originally from a, Jersey, right? There's Yeah, there's a little bit of Canadian. Um, a little Whoa. bit of Canadian that that feels that you sometimes hear in some words. But not really. Not really. Okay. So you're getting what... Brendan was getting a little bit in Ann Arbor, and I'm getting a little I bit mean, from I the have, I have an employee that says draw, and I'm like, that's not cool. You got to say draw. Like, just you got to stop that. Like, draw is no Is it draw? Draw. No. Nah. It's I'm like not, saying. I'm, I'm not down with that. Like, who says. Who says Warsh? Uh, everybody in yeah. Pennsylvania says Warsh. Pennsylvania, Warsh. yeah. 
my, uh, bro- my brother-in-law says water ice. He says water and water ice. You want some water ice? Like, what the fuck? No, no. Oh, water ice. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Why, but, why, why don't hmm. you just say ice? <laughs> well, no, water <laughs> ice is like um, is like what maybe you call it shaved ice. Um, it's like uh, basically a flavor. Like a snow cone. Yeah, like a, a snow, snow cone. cone. Exactly, like a snow cone. So okay. a sim- similar vibe. A little bit different, but similar vibe. Throw a little bit of syrup on that. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. Rita's. Right, Rita's water ice isn't that like a big deal in Pennsylvania? Somebody will, somebody will surely tell me because you guys are hopeless, yeah. hopeless. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, that's a culture. I mean, I you fucking know people my are putting <clears throat> cold cheese on pizza. So, and I got, I got slammed by some uh, by some East Coasters for slamming it. Not New Yorkers, uh, but. Yeah, I, I did realize that Emily Metz had an Oneana connection, and she totally jumped in the, the mentions to not only she mention did. Oneana, but she mentioned the exact pizza place that I would take you to, which is Sal's. I just thought that was awesome. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, she was all over that. She wasn't fucking – she wasn't having it. So I, we're going to get we're gonna get lit during the uh, Syracuse game, and I'm going to drive you down to Oneana, and we're going to have cold cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. 2023, folks. <laughs> They will never play in the carrier, though. 22, 22? I don't know. 22? I guess they play next year, right? 2022, yeah. I don't really think so either, but it'd be w- cool. Walter Reyes Walter destroyed yeah, we'll us for life. <laughs> he, just, he destroyed us for life. We'll never go back to the carrier, though. That just, it just doesn't happen. God, what? No, no. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Dude, I would be beside myself. It would be so awesome. It'd be huge for our club too, but that's, but that's you a do, totally different thing. But you know, Syracuse is just like, well, let's go do this at MetLife. Yeah, of course. Or, or what it is is, I mean, I, I wonder how many teams Jack just calls up, like, hey, you ever thought about doing this somewhere else? Hey, I, I can tell you about. The I numbers. bet it happens all the time. But it happens with everybody, exactly. Yeah. Like we're not playing Wisconsin at Camp Randall. That's how often this fucking conversation. I know. That's so That's sad. How fucking ridiculous it is. So if they don't ridiculous. want to play Camp Randall, they definitely don't want to play at the Carrier Dome. <laughs> hey, I wanted to give a. Uh, oh man. I don't have it here in front of me. I do want to give a special shout out. So that story I did today about about Under Armour had a. Um, a picture of a Catholic priest wearing the uh, wearing the interlocking ND and the uh, and the Under Armour on there, and that that was uh, Notre Dame football chaplain uh, Nate Wills, Father wow. Wills. He uh, he messaged me today, said thanks for the cameo. So I want to tell you right now, uh, and he said, hey, follow me on Instagram too. So y'all should be following uh, fathering, following Father Wills on Instagram at Pray Like a Champion Today. Uh, nice handle. Uh, so, and what's even funnier is he's uh, the, he's the one that married uh, uh, Phil Philip Goff and his wife. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a family friend, and he Phil and uh, married this too. So, did can you ask him if Phil got married in a pinstripe uh, tuxedo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, his his dedication for his. 
his love of that uniform is, is uh, admirable. Unwavering. Unwavering. <laughs> I'm not sure how he, not sure how he could sleep at night uh, having that terrible taste, but but he's got it. Well, <laughs> he's got. Brush it. your teeth before you go to bed, and you brush that <laughs> taste right out. <laughs> Uh, so that's really, I think all I got left, um, man, we are, we've been churning out these quick look previews that I think have been a lot of fun. If uh, hopefully you've been reading them, they're up on the site, going through the schedule, uh, a lot of good fun stuff in those things. Um, we're starting to get a little more serious about the season coming up, uh, slowly, but surely. Uh, so do check that out. Uh, you can follow us over on one at one foot down on Twitter. Um, Man, make sure you're getting over to the Apple Podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review. We'll read that bad boy on the next OFD podcast. We love it. We love you for listening. We love that you love us rambling for two and a half, three hours. Uh, hopefully, we're not doing the two and a half, three hour pods in season. Uh, we go back to two pods a week. Uh, we have families. We love you, but I do love my kids uh, and my wife too. Uh, so um, all that stuff—that's all coming up. I—I I, I can't say it enough. And fuck it, the season is coming. We're gonna have full stadiums. Hopefully, okay. most of you are fucking vaccinated. Go get vaccinated. Um, we're gonna—we're getting it back. Tailgates, just the all the stuff about college football. That we love, you know, my my old friend Michael Felder has been on a rampage in the last like couple months talking about uh, college football fans. And Felder's point has been that he watches college football for the football part of it. And he, I won't say he looks down at what he's saying is then there's the other people that watch college football because it's a good television show. That's mm-hmm. why, like, all the other stuff matters, which, you know, I fall into that other category because I love college football for all the crazy shit that it brings, um, not just the football. But I do. Th- there's a there's a logic in that that makes sense. There's also a fault in that and that a lot of people don't make it. They don't. You truly don't understand the college football game day experience if you're not there like it's not the same as in your living room and that's the difference and so the 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 part of the game that that i end up completely falling in love with that made me like ignore green bay even though the packers have been good i i have fallen off of my dedication of following them because of how much i love college football and so much of that has to do with the overall experience of game days, the road games, the tailgates, the, oh, the shadiness, man, the, the, the things <laughs> that anger you. I just, it's all so good. And the football is pretty damn good too, especially when Notre Dame is winning. I mean, it's, it's a good time. So I cannot wait for the season to get back to uh, get more back to normal. And, oh my God, last year was just such a, that was a really tough season to swallow. And especially winning like that, you just you want to be involved in all that more than what you, more than what was available to us. And it's just like, ugh, you feel like you're just fucking robbed. And so 
that's all behind us now. We can look forward uh, to what's coming up. I'm pretty excited. So get vaccinated. Let's not have a mid-season fucking crisis happen somewhere where next thing you know, we can't have fans in places. That's it for us. And um, I want to thank you for sticking around. And as always, go Irish.